Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're doing S6E13, The Gloves Are On. Mm. Written by Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith. Directed by Kimberly McCullough. Mm-hmm. Kimberly McCullough, a uh, general hospital titan. A uh, former child actor turned general hospital titan. Uh, G-H-O-G. Was also, was also in The Shield. Uh, directed a few things and after this episode i would love to see her direct more this episode it seemed very playful in its visual style and i loved it um not just the the directing and the visuals but in general if i had to describe all of this episode in one sentence somebody's been peeking at my christmas list <laughs> it seemed like this episode was determinedly weirder in all the ways that we love yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, feel like it's just dancing on the edge of like just dropping into like full surreal Twin Peaks territory. Well, I feel like in my my egocentric fan fiction version, there's like those late night writers room talks where it's like, guys, you realize in this episode we're gonna lose like a quarter of the fan base, <laughs> but those two assholes who podcast about the show in the middle of the night, they're gonna be more on board than ever. Mm-hmm. Well, you want some, you lose some. <laughs> exactly. You gotta. Break a few eggs to make a really big omelet. Yeah, so let's jump right in. The gloves are on. We're going to fade in on a wonderful visual here. <laughs> we have upside down Hannah's face. Her eyes are covered in two cucumbers. And then we pull back to see the right side up. Emily and Spencer on, are on either side of her. Perfectly <laughs> symmetrical. It's just, man. And they're, in, they're in bathrobes. This is some sort of spa thing where they're like getting like treatments. That involve cucumbers on your eyes. What does that do? Like make them not puffy or something? No fucking clue, I'm a man. Yeah. Um, what I love about this visual is that you could tell that the the promotional folks like knew it was so great because mm-hmm. they've been like teasing this image out for months. It's just so twisted. That's a trailer line if there ever was one. Yeah. Um well, I guess there's like uh there's like crazy sitar music happening on the soundtrack. Yeah. Their heads are placed in such a manner. Then I thought that they were about to start doing like a spoken word New Age cover of Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, and it's doing these hard cuts between them where it's just like, you know, like the their faces are right in the middle. You know, like the, the cucumbers like don't move as we cut to each face. Like it's just wonderful. Well, and, and then you find out, I mean, we'll get in a second, but you find out that this is actually somewhere encompassed somewhere in the Radley, too. Mm-hmm. Which well, I got to say better. the... Uh, the theory vibes are so strong here. Well, I mean, as a person named Catherine M said to Heather Hogan on Twitter, this is the greatest bougie wine bar hospital, hotel hospital ever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's so, like, the, it's like, you yeah, got Spencer and Emily are like these two doppelgangers and you got Aria's upside down Tulpa, Tulpa, like they're on her shoulders kind of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Emily says well, for, for a, uh, for a theme that might involve like having angels and devils on your shoulders. <laughs> perfect yeah yeah definitely they're just they're chilling in their bathrobes and emily says i've never had a salt rub does it hurt and hannah says can't be worse than a sugar wax i googled that did you no how how weird is it it's like a regular wax but like the the uh you know topical substance only it bonds to hair not your skin so when it pulls it just pulls on the hair not the skin it's uh supposed to be better for blonde people apparently 
Okay. So there you go. I guess I, I, you know, salt rub, sugar wax. I heard those, you know, I was, I was doing my notes and I kept thinking to myself, like when you go home from the beach and all the sand, mm-hmm. that's all I kept thinking. Anyway. Um, so Spencer's just like, why didn't she meet us here? And Hannah's like, Spencer, let it go. And Spencer's like, but why lie? Why not just say, I snuck out to meet Ezra. And Emily's like, she's got a boyfriend in Cambridge. And Spencer's like, oh, please. <laughs> this is about so much more than that. If we never, if we had never told her about that secret tape, she wouldn't have said, and Hannah's like, this is so not relaxing. Well, what, what is Spencer implying exactly? It seems like she's saying this is more than Arya's back riding the E-train. There's like something else going on. Uh, it's. I think Spencer's talking about just the general like weird ickiness that mm-hmm. is Ezria, <laughs> like that cyclone of nonsense that like destroys their lives. Maybe she just doesn't like being left out of the loop on that. That well, I mean, Spencer's eye chatter later on in the scene like would imply, yeah, some daggers are being shot out. Well, I feel like you know Spencer, she's got a yearning right now that we're gonna find out she's holding on to. Yeah. Maybe she's eager just for details well, in general. Let's talk about real quick. So, so season four, Ezra obviously is not a. He's mm-hmm. just a, a he's hack just writer. an asshole. <laughs> he's just an asshole who's like stalking and manipulating teenage girls, right? But he is still actively like adding to Spencer's crazy mm-hmm. in the Dark Spencer saga too. You know what I mean? And it's never like a dress, like like Spencer never takes him aside and it's just like, hey, buddy, I know I called you a, and that was wrong. But you're still gonna fucking die. Well, they did have that weird moment where she made him help him like pack up, or maybe it's the other way around. Like for some reason, she had to help him move stuff. She had to help him because he'd been shot. Yeah, and he turned and into he was, talking about his writing woes. He's like, "My family, wah," and she's like, "Yeah, it's fucking tragic." And she's like, "Seriously, I was raised in the cemetery." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Spencer says, "Hannah, the police didn't ask us to stick around to exfoliate. There's, they're gonna be questions." And he says, Arya, Arya doesn't know where Ezra went after she left him. Spence is like, yeah, but she knows that he was in a dark place. <laughs> As opposed to that bright and happy place where he stalks young women. <laughs> you know, all the kudos to trying for everything, literally everything she does. But she said that with a straight face. <laughs> And he says, just because you're depressed doesn't mean you pick up a weapon. And Hannah's like, okay, you guys, my mom gives these passes as a gift. We're here to chill, not spill. <laughs> Spencer says, it's just so twisted. <laughs> Love that. Uh, she says, she hasn't even spoken to Fitz in like five years. And now if he did this for her, they're going to be bound together forever. She is writing some really dark, twisted Ezra fanfic in her head right now. Well, I'm just thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Common law murder marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> there are probably werewolves and vampires in that fanfic. Uh, <laughs> well, there's cyber werewolves. Yeah. What? Hannah says, not because of the tape. It's gone. And Spencer and Emily both sit up surprised at the same time. Perfectly symmetrical shot. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, metaphorically le- learning the truth as the cucumbers fall from their eyes. And Emily's just like, what? You erased it? When? And Hannah's like, doesn't matter. It's done. And Spencer and Emily are both very concerned. Hannah doesn't give a fuck. She's like, what do you guys think this room was before they turned the nut house into a spa? Probably best you don't know, Hannah. Yeah. I would like to think that this, it, I think it would be fitting if this was the Maddie Ziegler room. Oh, yeah. yeah. Emily's like, uh, why? And Hannah says, the sauna smelled like burnt hair. <laughs> perfect non sequitur. And Emily and Spencer are like, okay, I'm done, basically. Spencer's like, okay, that's it. I'm done chilling. 
And this this ends like the four minutes in Spencer's adult life where she was able to legitimately chill. Yeah. <laughs> I relaxed once. It was awful. Yeah. Hannah sits up. She's like, wait, what are you guys doing? Spencer says, I'm going to go get dressed. I have to meet with Melissa. We, I have a campaign or I have a meeting with my mom's campaign team. And he's like, yeah, I think I want to go too. And he says, well, we can't leave. We have appointments. You can't do this. Come on, you guys. She has to like chase him out of the room. I mean, way to kill Hannah's chill time. This is like free spot day. Right, right, right. They're just yeah. like, whatever. I don't care. Well, the camera stays in place that they kind of ditch out into the hallway down the corner. And like, you really get to see like, there's another little chill room, like right across the hall. It's all open, like, uh, basically like, like a new age heroin den. <laughs> um, and then it's just like, I left my key in there and she comes back over and she crouches by the thing they were laying on. And as she does that, we see that there was another open little spot in the corner, not far at all from where the liars were. <laughs> Literally like five feet away. Yeah. And there's someone laying there. Someone who, the first thing I noticed, has some weird looking gloves on. <laughs> Hamley happens to look over, gets freaked out. Hisses. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes over, she peeks in, she slides open the door. It's Sarah fucking Harvey laying there. Could have <laughs> heard everything. Because she's literally five feet away. So Emily's just like, Sarah? And Sarah kind of opens her eyes there. And Emily's like, how long have you been there? Why are you following me? First the cemetery and now here. Sarah rises up slowly like she's Bella Lugosi, <laughs> like coming back from the dead. And Sarah's like, I wasn't following you. I was saying goodbye to someone. And Emily's just like, who? Charlotte? The person you claimed in court scrambled your brain and stole your soul? Why did you even come to Rosewood? And Sarah just remains quiet. Blinks at her. Yeah. Well, like perpetually zen menacing. Zenicing. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's like not having it. She's just like, answer me. And Sarah's like, last time I checked, this was the quiet room, which is like, I feel like your voice is different now. I, I don't even my voice. I think you got to go Sarah. higher. Yeah. I don't know. My voice is ready for Sarah after like the much anticipated return of her voice. Well, her voice is different as well. Yeah. Well, it's like, I feel like she's, she's dropped a little bit of like the geek Muppet inflection mm-hmm. at times because she's not like poor pitiful sarah anymore she's badass <laughs> glamorous terrifying sarah last time i checked this was the quiet room I mean, <laughs> she's just so disgusted with her like creepiness and just takes off i mean she's played the last two episodes like a like a robot mannequin from from you know the future or whatever um yeah but so emily i think she- they've really learned to use like small doses of Sharabot here to maximum effect well, and I, I would say that, like, people who, who hated the character before, like, you've got to admit that she's effective in her creepiness now. <laughs> and and part of you is looking forward to these little droplets of menace. Uh, yeah, so Emily gets upset, like, you know, runs away from that, LOL. We get the credits. This week, it's uh, Spencer is the shusher, which feels deserved. I, I keep meaning at the end of every episode to have us guess who would be the next Trisha for next week. I would totally have guessed Spencer for this episode. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, she does a nice shushing job. Her yeah. fingers perfectly in the middle. Her eyes are like full of like guilt and determination. This one reminds me the most of like the OG Shusher here. Like mm. they have very similar looks on their face. I wonder like if they have different takes of the five girls like shushing. You mean that they would use different ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Or if they, if, if in a 10 episode season, if they're going to use, like, if you're going to say that, like, okay, each of the girls will get the shush twice, mm-hmm. like, will it just be the same stock shush? I mean, I hope so, I guess. I mean, I want to, I want to see the outtakes from, like, the, uh, way too sexy Shay Mitchell takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would guess they just have, like, a single shush that they settle on for sense. each one. I would like to hear this as, like, a three day process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they, they said they did it, like, at the end of a day of shooting or something. Mm, makes sense. 
So yeah, after the credits, we're in Arya's bedroom. It's, it's daytime. She's got stacks upon stacks of papers laid on her desk. She's like laying out her tablet, skyping or whatever from Liam. <laughs> She's also. It's just like season one. She has her like product placement Microsoft device in front of her. Let me check my kin. Yeah. Um, she's also wearing a purple top made entirely of sequins. Like it's a, it's, it's a like, cross between. I was gonna say it's like bright lavender. It's just wild. It's like a cross between like Walmart and a Broadway musical outfit. Uh, it, I, this was not no. As no. you do. Yeah. Uh, so we're Liam's getting like, closer. I feel like we're getting closer with Aria. And Liam's like, it's no sweat if you can't find it. Um, I can't really stand this guy. I can't, you don't like Liam? I, I don't like him. I I, it's, like Liam. You know what? Know. Here's the thing. I'm so sorry. It's the actor, too. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't um, mind him. So yeah, she's, she's face chatting with Liam back in Boston here. Yeah. So Arya's like, no, I've printed everything out. The whole stack is coverage. And we see Liam's at, at his desk in their office. And he's like, just resend the email. Jillian's not back in tomorrow. Is that a stuffed pig behind you? Pictunia lives. Arya looks back, sees her dark lord, Pictunia. <laughs> And she says, yeah, that's Pictunia. Uh, she this like sly smile on her face because Pictunia is like over her right shoulder on the nightstand behind her. There's something really bracing and unnerving about the way we, we have these shots like of, of her on face chat or whatever, where she's looking straight into the camera. It's um, it's similar to the one shot at the end of her testifying, mm-hmm. you know, in six. But it's like it, it happens a lot in this episode where she's just like looking right at us and it's. It's haunting and, and awesome. Well, it's it's an it's an interesting depiction of Ari in these three episodes because <clears throat> excuse me, you have like I said that that interesting close up right after she's had the dollhouse flashback in six eleven in six twelve. You constantly have the surveillance camera mm-hmm. footage of Ari, and then yeah, now you've got this. So it's just I don't know. It's something about the representation of the shusher. She's just like gonna crawl out of this dude's uh, computer in a second and suck like, us all like out. Samara for mm-hmm. for reals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Pictunia, her dark lord. And Liam's just like, wait, is there a picture of Justin Timberlake on one of those walls? As if, you, Liam. Yeah, I just want to be like, you don't get me at all. Yeah, at she all. probably had like a like a Bjork poster or something artistic like that. And like uh, like a Beetlejuice poster. Yeah. Arya says, wait a second, I thought you said Jillian wasn't back till Friday. He says, nah, she's coming back early. But don't freak out about the Fitz pages. She, um, she's kind of over him. As we all are, Liam. <laughs> the shusher takes this very personally of course because nobody is allowed to be over ezra except for her she's like what does that mean and he says i guess she called your old teacher yesterday and said he sounded wasted at 11 in the morning <laughs> it's like he wasn't wasted the man is dealing with a lot of grief right now and Liam's just like whoa well don't scorch me i'm a fan i think the guy's definitely got more stories to tell well Arya pauses like she's not interested in hearing praise of Ezra from anyone but herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially not Liam. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, not to defend Ezra or anything, but like rampant alcoholism, it's hardly f- frowned upon when it comes to writers, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> I feel like she was basically like supporting that in the last episode we saw. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man's dealing with a lot of grief. He thinks she's got, or he's got more stories to tell. And Arya tucks some hair back and tries not to act furious. And he's like, I gotta go. Hey, don't lose sleep over Fitz. He'll share it when he's ready, okay? So he t- signs off and Arya leans back. Well, he makes this, like, goofy face as he hits the button that turns off the, uh, mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, here's the thing that shocked even me, you guys. I think I actually dislike this guy more than Jordan. Really? Well, here's the thing. See, I, 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 I love to hate him now. 
I I've feel like episode. there's something more than meets the eye with this guy based on a scene we'll get to later. Oh, with yeah, Jordan, yeah. I feel like there's less. <laughs> and that's being nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Liam is, after this episode, I think he's definitely shady. Um, I was just thinking, if Arya ever has anything close to approaching the modern pop culture uh, uh, like zeitgeist on her mm-hmm. walls, it's going to be, I just saw a poster today, where it's it's Edgar Allan Poe in a in a rebel flight suit, basically doing an Oscar Isaac pose. I don't like, even know if she'd go there. I feel I like that's yeah. a little too mainstream for her. Of course, we you know not that it matters. We don't know what year it is. Twenty seventeen, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think as Joseph Doherty put, it's whatever year six A took place in mm-hmm. plus five. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile at the rally, there's the manager Ashley Marin. She's got an iPad or something. She comes strolling up to Lorenzo. She's like sitting like a uh, bar lobby, uh, bar whatever, lobby bar. Um, and Ashley's like, Detective Calderon, what is this regarding? And he kind of stands to address her. And he's like, my colleagues are staying in the hotel security footage. And the night Charlotte de was murdered. And she's like, yes, I already gave them access to everything. He says, you did. But apparently there was nothing recorded after midnight. The tape skips to noon the next day. And Ashley's like, oh, well, I'm not really versed in the technical. And he's like, me neither. But we have an IT specialist trying to determine whether there was a malfunction device or, and she's like, or, and he's like, whether it was deleted. And she's, like, oh, she's like not getting it until now, and then she, yeah. she starts blinking furiously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm sorry. What are you implying? And he's like, we haven't reached any conclusions yet, ma'am. But I will need to see a list of staff that worked that shift and hotel guests who stayed here the night that night. And Ashley does some serious hand to face of her own here. Mm-hmm. There's something slightly snotty in Lorenzo's delivery here. The whole episode. Especially this scene. Yeah. He's, I don't know, he's like a little condescending. And I'm trying to decide, does this investigation make sense given the evidence or not? Like, do they have no other leads? Or is it just like, hey, these people hated Charlotte and they're acting shady? Well, well I, I guess you... Allie like, pointed the finger too, so... If you if you follow the the logic given to us by Kevin Space and the usual suspects, wherein uh, if a cop thinks mm-hmm. you're guilty, he'll probably find a reason why you are. I think that's the thing. Lorenzo's just narrowed in on one of these girls is more likely the killer and or all of them. Also, Allison has backed up that theory with whatever the hell. And Holy you can Roller. definitely trust Allison. You've learned that, right, Lorenzo? <laughs> exactly. She never plays weird games with people. So I think he's just going to focus in. Plus... You know, once, once, you know, so say you do check this out, like you just do the due diligence. There's some deleted footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, these tricks just, but I mean, he is a little bit in the weeds right now, right? I think, I think what he's basically is he's casting a wide net and he's, you know, catching some shit because I the guess. liars can't help it's it. Like, oh, footage is missing from this hotel that may have nothing to do with Charlotte's murder at all, you know? Well, except that four suspects were staying there. I mean, that's, yeah. I think. I guess I can kind of see it. What I can't understand is why now he realizes it. Mm-hmm. As we talked about last week, shouldn't he have already pulled this footage? Yeah. Just remember, Toby was his only competition. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's correct. So cut to the brew. Hannah's uh, fixing some coffee. She's on the phone with her boss, Claudia, who, as you may recall, is the Anna Wintour of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and Hannah says, well, there are no health food stores here, Claudia. Believe me, I grew up here. I thought butter was a side dish. Which I find a little hard to believe. And Rosewood, Rosewood seems kind of trendy. They have a like a store where you break plates. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one of the episodes of this podcast. You're like, there's no fucking McDonald's in Rosewood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, should we talk about Hannah's outfit a little bit? Please do. 
I, I don't even know. It's like orange ice capades, basically. Sparkly. Not yeah, too mean, far of a walk from Arya's outfit. Like uh, the jacket, anyway. True, true, true. Uh, not the craziest thing Hannah will wear in this episode. No, and then she just has like a white pencil skirt <laughs> thing and a blouse on. <laughs> to, to blow your minds, Arya will not take home the award for the craziest fucking outfit. This She's episode. very disappointed. Yeah. Like the episode, the outfit you're going to see in this episode is even crazier than whatever that weird suit thing that Spencer wears when Toby mm-hmm. knocks somebody out in the future. Um, yeah, so Hannah's just like on the phone and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll just overnight the magnesium. You know, what what day is in Tokyo? Okay, then you'll get it yesterday. <laughs> That's not how time works. And then so she turns around and at the counter behind her is fucking Lucas wearing some well, like Ray-Bans. You may have noticed there is this like douchebag in the background wearing sunglasses indoors. Mm-hmm. Like looking at Hannah, even though she's ignoring him. And so finally, uh, Hannah, like she tucks a package under her arm and the phone starts to cut out. She's like, hello, Claudia? And the sunglasses guy walks over and Lucas is just like, Hannah? And he like raises his shades. And Hannah's just like, Lucas? Oh my God, what are you doing here? Yeah, Christian fucking Slater there. Nice acting by Ashley Benson here. She does like the uh, the double take scope where she's basically checking his body out a few times. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? Up and down, up and down. You know? He's just like stalking you. That's what. Yeah. He's like, didn't you see me waving? I honked at you. And she's just like, wait, was that you in the silver jack? I love that Hannah noticed the car, <laughs> not remotely the person within. Who tr- drives a jack? What a tool. Well, he's just like, can you look a little less shocked? And she's like, no. She's like, no, I'm not shocked. I'm impressed. How are you? Last I hear, you were like moving to Chicago. And he's like, well. Can I just say, like, people who drive Jags are like, you think you drive that because you think that's what cool people drive. I think (laughs) part of it is you like saying Jag. Exactly. You Jag off. Um, But yeah, didn't he move to Chicago? And he says, uh, go ahead. He says, well, Seattle, but I sold that company. I do game apps now. And I know a lot of people misheard what he said. One of our listeners said that they thought he said gay maps. I thought he said game maps. Like he's one of those guys who like makes like new Halo levels or something. I thought designed to look like Mario Brothers or something. I was like, oh, you're that guy. I thought he had said gay apps. And then (laughs) when I read that the person thought they said gay maps, I was thinking like, what kind of cartography is that, really? Um, yeah. So Hannah's just like, do you still live with your folks? And, oh, <laughs> it's so well. casually belittling. Like, yeah. she she's totally earnest, too. Like, she didn't well, mean that as an insult. She just doesn't take him seriously at all. And then he's just like, oh, uh, no, I uh, I have a condo in Palo Alto and a townhouse in Hong Kong and a loft above the grill and a humble brag in this very coffee shop. And Hannah's like, oh, so you still live with your folks? <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> all these were like rich people gems you're dropping here. I'm just ignoring them. Yeah, this means nothing to me. <laughs> like you don't know how to manage your money. <laughs> so Lucas turns and then he he actually sees her ring and he's like, "Hey, look at you! Did Kayla finally propose?" And she smiles and that smile kind of drops and she's like, "No, no, uh, Caleb and I we uh, we split a few years ago, but my fiance Jordan we live in New York." And I this- thought. Hannah, you do not need to prove yourself to this piece of shit. Well, I think this episode's all about trying to convince you that Hannah is really happy with her new guy, right? Eh, yeah. Uh, what do you? What company did Lucas sell to like make his money? Did he like invent Daily Fantasy page or something and like sell that? Well, you would think it would be something like with sports betting. Mm-hmm. Um, or or I was thinking like maybe it's whatever that recently canceled like that like Yelp for people app. 
Oh god, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see him thinking like that's a brilliant idea after like the hell he lived well, in. Well, if he sold it, he got out, you know, and made his money. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's so, a lot of blah 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 Palo Alto, blah 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 San Jose. In Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um Lucas is like, Wow, now I'm shocked. And he's just being super special shitty here. And she's like, Well, we're still friends. And he does like an eyebrow raise, uh-huh. an eye roll thing, and this kind of sarcastic mm, all at the same time. And what got me about it and what like Brendan Robinson does in this scene is that he's doing all of this to Ashley Benson. Like she owns all of these facial tics. <laughs> yeah, well, it, there's something about his like weird double eyebrow raise there. It's like like she has just said something that's so precious, you know? Oh yeah, he's like for a guy who's so goddamn interested in, in Hannah's opinion of him, mm-hmm. he thinks so little of her. Or, um, or at least wants to project that because he like looks away smirking. I mean, he's on somebody's A team, right? He's way too suspicious. Oh yeah, he he is super suspicious here. I really but I also wanted him just to like have her like throw her coffee in his face. So her phone starts beeping and she's like, Oh, it's probably my boss. And she picks up the phone, she checks it, and she's like, Oh, and he senses something. He's like, Is everything okay? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. You know what? I gotta go. But I wanna drive that car. And like declared <laughs> point finger point as she walks out. Well, he she walks to... out saying that, yeah. He starts to step up to follow her, then sighs and gives up. I'm like this is this is like Lucas in a nutshell. He wants to manipulate her, but she doesn't fit into whatever tiny little box he like. He thinks she belongs well, in. He was trying to brag so hard there, and she just ignored it all and was like, "Yeah, I'm going to drive your car." But I mean, just like and then she took off. She won't even conform to the structure of his shitty manipulation. Um. So, side note, uh, I wrote a thing a while back talking about like the. Uh, Laura in PLL, the, the, the movie film noir, Laura, um, which if you remember is the chief reference of the giant Allison portrait in Shadowplay. Uh, Laura is a movie that Roger Ebert described as a tribute to style over sanity. I know a lot of people probably haven't seen this movie, but I feel like if Lucas saw that movie, he wishes he was the Waldo Lidecker character who's just is just basically Lucas. That's so basically Clifton Webb. Um, Spencer's Barn, we cut to. Caleb's like sitting at the table just enjoying some coffee and some laptop time. And then Melissa enters and the live studio audience applauds. Pause for applause. Yeah. This scene is so good. Yeah. The, the blocking is so on point. Like, I feel like you could watch this whole scene at the sound off and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, 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 really. Um, so well, it's, I think it's also kind of it's a neat scene because it's ostensibly mystery free. These are just characters interacting right now, which we don't get a ton of. Well, know? and that's that's one of the beautiful things about some of the best Hastings family scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Is you could you could potentially take out the idea that you know once upon a time we thought Peter and Melissa did a father bonding like father daughter <laughs> bonding like like body removal scene, and it's like it could be about any kind of domestic nonsense. Has Melissa ever had a scene with Caleb? I feel like maybe a group scene, but she's never stolen his yogurt yet. <laughs> um, Is that so toffee? Yeah. She stops when she sees him there, and she's like, "Oh, I forgot that you were camping out here." And it's like, like she. She could not be more disappointed and disapproving. A little put out by the very sight of him. God, Tori DeVito's so good. Yeah, and she has this vague, like, sneering distaste that she looks around the place. Yeah. And he's just like, he's he's just gonna he's just gonna play it off. Like he's not gonna like be swept under it. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are all on the back foot from the get-go of Melissa. He's just like, Yeah, me and the other water bugs. And he's like, Where's Spencer? Well, like, uh, it's a good thing he was dressed, right? She just barged <laughs> into the place. <laughs> well, like she owns it. Yeah. In her mind, she does. Yeah. And so Melissa says she's just finishing up the strategy session with Gil. And she just turns away to go like rummage in a dresser. Mm-hmm. And so he has to get up to talk to her. Oh, I like the so way cool. she, she's acting like she owns a place. She has no tact for his boundaries at all. Right, right. 
uh, as they change the angle there, we see that Caleb has just been drinking his coffee and staring at Veronica's campaign website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he was hoping that Spencer was going to walk in. Yeah, I think so. And he's like, hey, what about her college paper? How'd they react to that? And Melissa's like going through a drawer or something, and she's like, uh, they asked her to adjust her interview style. I know I had more clothes here. It's like the she's devil. barely paying attention to him. Yeah, Spencer comes marching in, and she does not look, look pleased. And he's like, hey. And she says, hey, how'd it go? Not good. They asked me to lie. Melissa's like, they don't want you to lie. And Spencer's like, okay. They want me to use a non-denial denial. So, lying. Spencer's like, yeah. And Melissa says, if you could avoid addressing certain things, you should. No, don't take off your shoes. We have to be at Hollis in 30 minutes. And so I, like trying to get comfortable. I like this. This is a nice touch because it, the shoes, it shows that she's comfortable around Caleb. She's taking off her shoes. With, oh, yeah, yeah. Front, yeah. You know? and Caleb's like, what is this Hollis thing? Gil asked me to post about it. And so she's like putting their shoes back on. And she's like, we're registering college kids, college kids to vote and try to reverse the political apathy in our youth. Caleb's like, that's noble. And she's like, it's <laughs> really not. It's a photo op for the Canada's children. Who are starving? And Caleb just like hands over her coffee cup. It's I think like he a, hands over his coffee cup too. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's his coffee cup. Yeah, it's it's like a the Marin sense of like the kitchen, mm-hmm. the, the machine of how their life would work. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, I'll make you some eggs. Do you want some toast? And she's like, oh my god, please, burnt. Well, she and gets this insanely gleeful smile as she says, depraved like, gleeful. She yeah. is capital L in love with this and guy. She, he's like, that's the only way I make it. She smiles into the coffee cup as she inhales that. And he's like, I'm going to go steal some stuff from the uh, campaign headquarters. But she's like, hmm. So he walks out and leaves. And Melissa kind of like been around the corner watching all this. Like, oh, really? She's just she's just chilling and appraising. And it's amazing. Look she on her does, face this, she does this move where like she doesn't move an inch. But her eyes just like look, follow Caleb out the room and then go back to Spencer. Yeah. And then <laughs> Gosh, she's, she's good. When did that happen? And Spencer's like, what? Caleb? We're friends. And Melissa's like, really? Because I know how you'd like to shop out of other people's carts. Ooh, perfect metaphor for the Hastings. And Spencer scoffs. And she's like, that's slow, but accurate. And Spencer's (laughs) like, if you're referring to Hannah, that cart is engaged with someone else. And it doesn't really matter because there's nothing going on. Melissa's like, maybe you are more comfortable flying than you think. And Spencer kind of <laughs> faces us, her back to Melissa. We see that this kind of hits home with Spencer as Melissa walks off. Well, Melissa takes off. She's like, oh, that's good. I fucked up my sister's psychology for the day. My work here is done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I threw a grenade in her life. Uh, just so you're wondering at home, in the bedroom, if you don't know what burnt toast is, you can't handle burnt toast. Mm. Just imagine the Hastings and Hastings and Hastings and Hastings show. It would it would be amazing. It could it could honestly just be like a stage play too, <laughs> which I think would be amazing. And it's I mean, like it's, if, it was, if it was actually like filmed like a sitcom, you know, in front of an audience, but like there's no real laughs. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's great that Tori DeVito has like a you know lead on network TV role and whatnot, but like, God, she's so good as Melissa Hastings. <laughs> yeah. I still say that that a serious like missed opportunity was the PLO moms spinoff, mm, yeah. like, like like a web series during the hiatus. But I feel like where they episode... ate Ella. <laughs> no, I think that episode, that first episode starts with the four moms bearing a body. But uh, uh, I would love to see something. I don't even know if it's like an NAT show because that the rest of those characters seem. Ugh. Yeah. But like something utilized. Well, most of them are dead too. Yeah. But speaking of the PLO moms. Yeah. We're going to go over to Emily's house. Pam's checking the mail. Emily comes hurrying out the front door right next to the mailbox there. And Pam's just like, uh, are you leaving? I thought we were having lunch today. Emily says, yeah, I just had to pick up a few things from the drugstore. 
You know, I only plan on being here for a day or two. Do you need anything? Pam's like, no, no. Suddenly tries to leave again. Pam stops her. He says, you know, I um, I spoke with, with Will Perkins. And she smiles and just gets a blank stare in return. And Pam's <laughs> like, your dad's friend, the medic? And he'd be happy to write your recommendation for grad school. Uh, she's so earnest and proud. It's just like salt in Emily's wounds. Mm. And he says, um, you didn't have to do that. It's And Pam's like, are you kidding? I wanted to. And then he says, all right, um, see you later. And just walks off. Pam's so confused right now. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when Emily lied about getting into college with Ace Help? <laughs> and now it's like she's lying about getting into grad school. <laughs> also, Emily's dress is interesting. I, I kind of thought it was like in the new future Aria aesthetic, but... You know, it looks great. <laughs> Shane it's, Mitchell. it's a look. Yeah, we don't see it too much in this episode, but it's a lot of geometry going on there. Yeah, I mean, but anyways, there's, there's like a hilarious look on Shane Mitchell's face as she processes her mom's enthusiasm and how she'll have to adapt her her lies to this, this <laughs> new development. Um, so Emily takes off and Pam stands there on the porch to the mail. There's one from an address in L.A. Hmm. And the next piece of mail is from Pepperdine University, was sent to Emily's address in Hermosa Beach. We see the sticker put on there to forward it to Pam. And so Pam tries to get Emily's attention, like, em, Emily. And then we hear the engine start up and the sound of Emily's car driving off. And Pam's like, oh, what the hell? I'll just open this. Um, yeah, just, that's what moms do, man. Yeah, that's, that's some helicopter parenting right mm-hmm. there. So she's, that's sorry. not a helicopter parent. That, that's just what moms do. <laughs> Don't ever get your mail at your mom's house, guys. Yeah. Um, and then she like slides the paper out of the inside of the envelope, starts to walk in the house reading it. Uh, speaking Rose. of moms. Yeah, cut to the Radley. Hannah and Andrew, I, I, I'm guessing here that that is something about emily re-enrolling that, that's my guess there or not being allowed to no because she's it's not like she's not allowed to she wasn't kicked out she just dropped out mm. uh, but yeah speaking of pll moms ashley's trying to use her mom powers on hannah right now Hannah's like here what and ashley says that you had nothing to do with that security tape she gets a big old eye roll from hannah long sigh ashley says if you or your friends tampered and hannah says i didn't and she lowers her voice. She says, "Why would I have to? Tam- why would I have to tamper with it? I'm not in high school anymore." <laughs> this is the second time she's referred to that as being of a high school. She's holding on to that like a life raft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then some random dude in a suit walks up. I guess he's like a concierge or something. Doesn't he know. look a little like Aiden Gillen? Yeah, he kind of does actually. actually. And somebody else too. Excuse I can- me. <laughs> <laughs> the climb. <laughs> this message is a ladder. Jen just took this message for you. And Ashley's like, thank you. And so she reads it. And meanwhile, Hannah spots Arya and Ezra walking into the place. Ezra just looking grumpy as usual. Ezra's outfit. I can't tell if he's dressing for a hike in the, jun- in the jungle or if he's just enjoying being fun employed. Um, he I think looks- that was probably just like the shirt that smelled the best. Well, I was going to say, he looks like he probably smells horrible and just weird. And he's probably wearing Birkenstocks. Yeah. Well, they're walking in like Arya in front of him. Not, they're not like side by side or anything. Hannah is just like making like gross Hannah faces at all this, you know. Uh, and Ashley says, well, it gets worse. And Hannah says, what? What's wrong? Who's that from? And Ashley says, it's from Detective Calderon. They just confirmed the tape was erased. And they want me to go down to the precinct this afternoon for further questioning. Oh. And it's like, why do they need to speak to you? Lorenzo called. Mm-hmm. Ashley wasn't available. This was the message taken. The employee's just like, okay, I'll write this down. I'll give it to her. And I'm also going to get my resume ready. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's like, they're investigating a murder, Hannah. And Hannah's just like, ugh, whatever, you know. (laughs) 
And she's like, I have a daughter who was staying here who was once tortured by the victim. Don't look so surprised. And Hannah nods, biting her lip. Ashley takes off. And Hannah looks over at Arya and Ezra through like a decorative facade here and makes a more Hannah face. Their, their happy fucking lunch mm-hmm. date. Uh, yes, yeah, so after the commercial, we're back to that lunch date. Arya and Ezra at their table. Uh, I would describe Ezra's fashion in 6B as like if George Costanza and Tobias Funke mm. met the middle on dressing this guy. And had um, hair, yeah. Yeah. So Arya and Ezra at the table. Uh, oh, this scene, did- this scene is a master class. I love this. Arya is done with the menu. Ezra hasn't even opened the fucking menu. And she's like, do you know what you want? And he like retreats from his days or whatever. And he's like, what? Oh, no. Um, I'm good. Just whatever you're having, you can order two of them. So he like he says it so dismissively. Whatever yeah. you're having, you can order two of them. Excuse me. Sorry. Are you our waiter? I just like ascended to pure awfulness 100% of the time. Like he's totally dismissive of Arya's polite question. He's condescending. He's interrupting a waiter. God. Mm. Yeah, he's, the waiter kind of nods and it's just like, great, Um, I'll have a, a beer. Anything I'll have on draft will be great. What about you? Arya is not impressed with the new Ezra. And she does, she's doing this great move through the whole th- scene where she never smiles at him. She turns mm-hmm. to the waiter and puts on her like very nice, sweet Arya smile. Mm-hmm. And she's like, iced tea, thank you. She's like batting her lashes at him. And Ezra like forces a smile. And then she goes back to look at Ezra and it's like stone faced again. I love it. Well, like, is this a work lunch? Is the publisher picking this up? who knows so uh time for Ari to get down to brass tacks so she's like so um i looked at the thumb drive i took from your place and he's like (laughs) that's just research she's like ezra that was snuff yeah (laughs) and ezra Ari's like ezra there were some horrifying images also femicide rising (laughs) ezra's like yeah i know that's why i gave it to you well you know and i'd I'd add uh whatever that is to a femicide rising but sadly i think we can all guess what that is um ezra's just like yeah i know i and he pauses because he seems to be without words Mm -hmm. and she's just like uh is is there anything else on there other than research and he's like here and he reaches in his bag and he hands her a journal or whatever he's like, well no there. here's the great thing he doesn't hand it to her he just puts it in front of her oh right, right and there's all these subtle little touches he does to just show what a dick he's being like he doesn't wait for her to take it he just sets it down right in front of her and he's like there oh well, yeah yeah i'm i'm not giving this to you you're gonna take it from me yeah that's what i have i started the first chapter in columbia and i was about halfway through the second when nicole look it's crap it's crap we believe you ezra he says, and I know that you don't want to give up until I hand it over. So there it is. So why the fuck did you give her that flash drive of your snuff stash then, Ezra? Like, just to be a dramatic dick about it? Like, I think you are you trying to... to stick it to Arya or something? Like, do you blame her? I think he wanted to scare her a little bit. But also, I mean, we've all encountered people like this. And, and it's not just that you're in a dark funk when you're that person. There's a there's an air you put on. The rest of the world needs to see how you're suffering. Well, does does Ezra somehow karmically blame Arya for what happened to Nicole? I wonder. Like, I, I feel like it's... Or, or does he karmically hate all women? Well, because I, I, I wonder if he's internalized this as some sort of, like, punishment on him for what he did with Arya. Like, I feel like that's how Ezra would frame this in his mind. Yeah. Because yeah. Ezra- the punishment would be somebody else dying, and, and then it would be his tragedy, because that's how he thinks, you know? Ezra, climb off your fucking cross for a <laughs> minute there, because uh, Ashley Marin walks up, and she's very professional. She's like, hello there. Forgive the interruption. Your waiter will be right over with 
two iced teas. And she's being <laughs> nice, but like basically saying this directly to Ezra so he could take a hint. But Ezra does not take hints. He's like, um, I, I ordered a beer. And she's like, I know, Ezra, we can't serve you that. And time He's for in a huff. He's like, yeah. Uh, are, are you kidding me? And Arya's like, what's going on? And Ashley's like, please, this is awkward. And he's like, look, Ashley, nobody broke a chair. And Ashley's like, it was an incident. So finally, oh, Ezra's like, so awkward. <laughs> he gives up on fighting it. And Ashley says, I'm sorry. Enjoy your lunch. And Ari's like, thank you. Ari's like having to be like extra polite to people just because of Ezra. Well, she does the move again where she smiles to Ashley and then stone faced with Ezra again. Yeah, Ashley walks off and Ezra just kind of stews in his like strangled male male pride as Ari just stares at him drinking this all in. I need the flashback where Ezra gets 86 from this place. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I just like him like emphatically gesturing with a chair, maybe hitting himself in the head with the chair. Well, th this is what I wondered through this episode. Like, are we are we really witnessing the slow dismantling of like one of TV's great scumbags here? Like, are, are we just reading into this, or is this what the show is trying to communicate? Well, so this like, is when a does note Hannah get to wail on this guy with a tire iron? That's what I want to know. <laughs> There's a note that I have later on this episode that I feel like I have no problem saying here now. I wish that Ian Harding would go to the producers and be like, "Look." I don't know what you guys have got up your sleeves. I know it's going to be great. I don't know what, what your plans are, but here's my here's my request. Don't ever let me stop being Dark Ezra. Ever. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I don't ever want to put on a vest and a tie again. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go to a Hollis voting drive here. Spencer's talking to some J-School douchebag for an interview. You see Melissa's in the background registering people to vote. I like how they, they use Tori DeVito for that. She has no lines in this scene. Uh, so this guy's Damien. Ugh. Spencer also, she's wearing a handkerchief tied around her neck like it's the 40s. She like, has a thing on that says vote. Yeah, t-shirt that says vote. And Damien says, what's your take on that? Why is the turnout of millennial voters so sluggish? And Spencer's like, because young people like you are awful. No, she doesn't <laughs> say that. She says, well, most young people don't have a permanent address, so it's very difficult for them to register. And he says, so are you sticking around Rosewood solely for your mom? Or are there other things keeping you here well he's, he's the kind of dick move bro that will like wide-eyed look you in the face mm -hmm. he's like he's like shoveling this at you and spencer's just thinking like i know what you're doing you little shit yeah. and he's like the death of charlotte de Laurentiis must have thrown you spencer says yes and how could it not this person had a huge impact on my life and it does take time to process an upsetting event before one can move on and he's like i'm surprised you'd use the word upsetting most people on social media assume that you're celebrating. Like, what? oh, well, the internet thinks so. God. What? I would like to hear more about what the social media thinks of the complicated maelstrom that is Spencer Hastings. The social. Yeah, yeah the social. I just want her to, like, slam a chair over this guy's head. <laughs> she's like, well, the media's going to create the narrative they want to tell. And he's like, so you object to that narrative? And she says, no, what I object to are people who are desperate to find a connection. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. I like to think that in her mind. Spencer's absolutely connecting Freud to Clinton here. Sure. I feel like, honestly, Spencer, this isn't your finest material. No. Can we also talk about force how, and a smile. Yeah. We talk about how great Troyan looks in this scene. Um, yeah. So Spencer looks over just as Hannah comes like, like hurried in, obviously mm -hmm. looking for Spencer, sees her. And Spencer's like, can you excuse me for a moment? And Damien the Devil is just like, sure. Um, I actually wish that this guy played Liam and Liam played this guy. I'll put it that way. Really? Yeah. I don't like this guy at all. I don't like Liam uh, at all. We should mention Spencer has these like high waisted, like pinstripe pant things happening. It's, it's we didn't even situation. talk about like his leg up on the. Well, they both the had their legs up on the table. Yeah. Yeah, but it bothers me when he does it. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> do you think that's like one of those moves where he's trying to like match her body language? 
I wonder if it's one of that or if he's just like like gesturing slash non gesturing of like his junk. I don't, I don't know. think he's really gesturing anything there. Um, uh, Spencer walks away with like Damien to go talk or from Damien to go talk to Hannah, and Spencer's like, "What are you doing here?" And Hannah's like, "My mom's in trouble." Uh, so we cut to Emily's car. Emily's like parked, and she's like zip, zipping up her travel case of various syringes. Uh, she hears something in the not too far distance. Emily. She looks up in her rear view, and we see that in her <laughs> rear view that Pam is parked right behind her, getting out of the car and rushing over her. So Emily like hurries that like case of needles into her purse, just as Pam comes running up to the driver's side window, and she's just like, "Emily, Emily," and I'm like, "Mom, what's the matter?" And Emily's like holding the envelope she opened and read, and she's like, "Maybe you can explain this." Emily takes the envelope. And opens yeah, it's the it. the Pepperdine letter. Emily looked instantly guilty, and Pam's just like, "Was it all just lies? I mean, all the." all the details from and emily's like mom please and pam's like i must have looked like an idiot sending you care packages because he didn't like the food in the cafeteria when did you drop out and emily gets a little distracted from her poor mother's mania because she looks up and sees creepy sarah harvey is watching her from a park bench across the street yeah this is like this weird supreme bitch face on it's like she's in the fucking guilty remnant she's just always there being smug Watching just watching you, you. Yeah. yeah she's wearing a black leather jacket black glove she's got like a food bag beside her holding a soda in her hand somehow <laughs> she's actually dressed like she's elizabeth salander a little bit yeah yeah but she is stone cold if she watches emily and, emily's and just like doing that like weird like shower smolder that she does yeah yeah so she also has just, to like turn her head a little yeah emily's like falling apart like a jigsaw puzzle in reverse and uh emily's just like mom can we please not talk about this here please and Pam looks like she's about to explode. She's like, no, ugh, fine. And Pam gives up. And Emily just like, keeps like looking freaked out, looks over at Sarah again. And Sarah looks like the guilt and shame from Emily and the uncomfortableness <laughs> is making her more powerful by the minute. It's great. So we go back to Hollis. <laughs> Hannah's unloading on Spencer. She says, Lorenzo knows the tape was erased, all right? So you have to ask your mom. And Spencer's like, no, my mom's not an attorney right now. She's a candidate. I cannot ask her anything. And I can't talk to you right now. I'm in the middle of an interview. And Hannah's like, Spencer, the police have a list of everyone who stayed at the hotel that night. Someone was murdered, and you're going to get questioned. We all are. So she Hannah takes out. off. Yeah, she has no time for this. Spencer is a little spooked when she goes back to her interview, and she's like, hey, I'm so sorry about that. And Damien's like, wasn't that one of the other girls from the bunker? Is she still in town because of Charlotte? Spencer says, you know what? I think maybe I should just get back to registering students. I really wanted Spencer to be like, you know what? She's not just the girl from the bunker. That's Hannah, you know? Yeah. That's my friend. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, wait, them. just one more question. Spencer says, no, I'm sorry. I really don't have time. I'm only here to spread the message. Be inspired to create the future that you imagined by voting. Thank you. She like spins it out, spits it out like a Spencer bot there and takes off. And this guy's just like making weird sour faces at her. Well, he, he does like a, like a marathon of blinking. Mm-hmm. Lots of blinking. Um, so outside the brew, Pam and Emily are having some coffee at one of the tables outside. And Pam's like, I don't understand, Emily. And Emily's kind of having to come clean here. And she's like, it wasn't a decision. It just happened. And Pam's like, did you get kicked out? And Emily's like, no. And Pam's like, honey, why didn't you call me if you were going through something? And Emily tells her, mom, you were worried if I skipped a meal. How was I supposed to tell you that I was skipping school? I like how she's putting this back on Pam a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Pam just like slams down the, uh, the picture of Emily in her graduation get-up that we saw last week. And she's like... Did you get that at a costume shop? Oh, yes. I was right. Called it. Yeah. Emily sighs. And so, um, Emily picture like, Emily faked her graduation photo. Yeah. That's so insane. 
Oh, so like it's like basically like Emily did put some work into this continued lie. Mm-hmm. Know, it wasn't just that she was avoiding saying things. So Pam's just like, I'm going home. Pam gets up and leaves. And I kind of thought this was deserved. Pam needed to just walk away from Emily. How did she manage to not have Pam come to her graduation? Yeah, yeah, really. That she was like, oh, I graduated earlier, like some bullshit like that or something. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Pam takes off. She's near tears. And Emily's very sad now. Although I'd have to think she's maybe a little relieved too. It's like, okay, your secret's out. You can relax yeah, a little. It's gonna, you know, the, the when the band aid's ripped off, it hurts for a few moments. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it feels better. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then, then we're gonna go to Lucas's like bachelor pad loft here. Uh, what is this like Toby's old place or something? Well, this is above the grill. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking of like the set though. Kind of oh, reminds me of Toby's place. Well, no, because Toby's place is now is Ezra's place. So I wonder if this Toby's, is Toby's no. Wait, Toby's place in the show is Ezra's place, but I'm talking about the set itself. Well, it's the same set. It's Toby's place is the same. No, place. that was Caleb's place. No, it's still Toby's. Caleb's place. place was Ezra's place. The set. I think that this is probably Ezra's place. Well, we need answers on this. And Toby's is still Toby's because remember in that scene where you had or that season when you had Caleb's place, you also had Toby's place. That's what I'm saying. Which yeah. is why this is Toby's place. I think this is probably Ezra's place, which was... But Kayla's place was Ezra's place. Yeah, Kayla's place was Ezra's place. This is probably Caleb and Ezra's place. Toby's place was a different set, I believe. Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind. You're, you're like, uh, listen to this later. Okay, anyway. One plus enough. two plus two plus one. <laughs> plus one plus two. Lucas walks over to the door because there's a knock. It's Hannah. And they say hi. And Hannah's just like, I need your help. So we go to commercial. Coming back out of that, he lets her in. He's like, do you want anything to drink? And she's just pacing, looking around. And he says, I haven't been here in a while, but there might be an old coconut water in the fridge. As if you drink coconut water. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if he had coconut water, he was just hoping to like give it to some girl who showed up at his place. Yeah. Well, I think he's. this is him reading her yeah. or trying to. And he's, she says, I'll pass. Uh, do you live here alone? Well, like there's a little pan around. And so I kind of wonder, like, what subconsciously is Hannah picking up on? Like, what? phoniness is well, there she's, she's scanning the place and this question feels vaguely ominous yeah she's like oh do you live here alone like she might just murder him for his place right now he's like there's, no one to miss you there's that i mean if she pulled like a silenced pistol out of her purse and shot him <laughs> in the forehead i would i would love this show forever i would sell my soul to this show but like i think it's more like that part of hannah that's just awesome all the time has sensed <laughs> something about this is not right well, Lucas says, well, I, I had a hamster, but I'm out of town all the time. So he enhances, were you here the night Charlotte de Laurentiis was killed? Well, he and he looks up very alarmed. Hold on a second. Did Lucas, was he about to say that his hamster died from neglect? <laughs> like, I had a hamster, but I'm out of, out of town all the time. So he died. <laughs> I think that's what he's going to say, basically. Maybe. He didn't and make he, it. He could, he could only say that to Hannah. I think all the other girls would have been, like, horrified. <laughs> Hannah would have been like, I don't like hamsters. Exactly. She's like, rodents, no. That's a thumbs down. And so Lucas is like, why? And Han says, after the hearing, we all went back to the hotel and we got trashed. Lucas is like, and? Go on. And she says, we collapsed in my room. And he's like, go on. Oh, uh, my. Yeah. But now the police think that we snuck out and killed A or Charlotte. He doesn't say anything. He's watching her closely. She's basically pleading with him. She's like, well, I was thinking maybe maybe you could say that you, you came to my room and you, you brought me takeout. And we talked until the sun came up. She takes a big breath. Uh, he He's speechless, and she sighs. And she's like, you know what? Forget it. Um, I'm sorry I even asked you. She tries to walk out, and he's like, you want me to be your alibi? 
And Han's like, no, no, I don't. I really didn't think this through. Let's just pretend I never came here. Hey, when you're in New York, let's get dinner. So she's about to leave. And Luke's like, what, Hannah, you need me. I'm there for you. She's very grateful for this. She's smiling. This is exactly the sort of like enabling move that A would pull, though. Like, Luke is is shady as fuck here. He's he's doing an extremely poor man's Mona. Well, he Um, should be Hannah should be asking herself, why is this guy so eager to lie to the police for me? But I also think like there's no good answer to that question. I also think Hannah is using just like I think I think the coconut water is and stuff like that is directed at like trying to appeal to what he reads as her. I think she's also using the right language to appeal to him because she will say until the sun came up twice, which I feel like, yeah, that establishes time. But it almost feels like it's a component of like a more romantic story. She's programming him at the same time. Yeah, I think I think that they're both kind of playing each other, and I think that Brendan Robinson is just playing it extra creepy. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I guess that's that's the job of any male character on the show in the first half. of What's well, the job of every character on the show is to just be vaguely shady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, Arya baking a cake. Arya is torturing Emily by reading her some of Ezra's purple prose. Speaking of purple prose, I just noticed that Arya, uh, to go with that hideous top that she has on, she has these like puce colored pants, like puce orange, green vomit color and purple. Oh, my God. Is there any color less enticing to say out loud than puce? No, it literally sounds like vomit. Yeah. Uh, so Arya. You might just, as well describe them as moist. I feel more comfortable saying moist in that regard. Yeah. Speaking of moist and still <laughs> There they were, stars reeling overhead, the earth barely moving beneath them. He knew in that moment, whether they made it through this night or not, he'd finally found his match. She lowers the book and she just like beseeches Emily. Okay, is it just me or is this amazing? Emily just like blinks. She just she just looks mournful. Like stuff in her life is so raw and fucked up. She'd rather sit here and have Ezra's heartfelt words read aloud to her. So you know it's bad. Well, what is the authorial intent here? Like, are we supposed to agree with Arya? Or are we supposed to be like, oh Arya? Oh this is, Arya. There was like that vein of the show where I always love where Arya would always just essentially brag about how mm-hmm. great her life of Ezra was. And like Emily's face and the lack of dialogue would say everything. <laughs> And I think we're right back there. Um, yeah, Arya, she's just like her mind is blown. She's not. She's not picking up Emily's shade at all. She goes back to the book, and she's like, "Uh, I, I mean, there's some stuff that needs connective tissue, but Emily's like, is he writing about you? So internally, Arya is screaming, "He better be!" Yeah. But instead, <laughs> externally, she screams, "What? What are you talking about? No, this book is about him, and Nicole." Emily says, well, I'm just saying the description. And Ari's like, she was small, like me. Big deal. Ezra likes small women. Get a grip. Why would you say that? My my dialogue is just LOL, like in ginormous font. A great many people on Twitter have pointed out, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, this is basically douchebag speak for little girls. That's what Ezra's into. She was small, like me. Big deal. Ezra likes small women, young women. Get a grip. (laughs) Just small, young Little women, girls, Emily, it's more normal or prevalent than you could think. I'm <laughs> oh, so sad to say. She flips out at the very the very thought that maybe Ezra's writing about her. Why would you say that? And Emily's like, Arya, you guys went through a lot together. And this is this is the killer. Uh, Arya's like, that was high school. And Emily says, not for him. Oh, oh that's just oh, savage, oh, 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 Emily. 
that's, that's I want, brutal. I want Emily to like go get the yearbook and show it to her again. <laughs> oh, drop the mic, Emily. Yeah. Not for him. Arya's like, why are you so upset? And Emily says, it's just been a rough couple of days. And we're reading an unfinished novel by somebody who may have killed. And Arya's like, Emily, don't. He said he went home. Like, Arya did a total 180 and is back on Ezra's side now. Of course. Because, because she read some pages, which are clearly about her. And whether she could admit it or herself or not. <laughs> Do you think Ezra wrote all this, like, last night? Is he like he knew he needed to keep Arya quiet? I wonder. I could just see Ezra's on the toilet, sweatpants around his ankles, scribbling mm. furiously in his journal. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> that visual. Ezra. He's <laughs> just like, yeah, they're the perfect match. <laughs> She's small. He likes small women. Get a grip. <laughs> well, you, how bad is your life? And Arya is the one telling you to get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's just like, okay, well, tell me why Sarah Harvey won't. Go home. Everywhere I go, she's been shadowing me like some dark cloud. I'm afraid she might know something. I mean, she was sitting in that lobby that night. I think Arya in this moment decides to murder Shower just because Emily is harshing her buzz. Yeah, yeah. And she can write about it later. Mm -hmm. And Arya's just like, wait, can't Hannah's mom just kick her out of the hotel? And Emily's like, for what? You can't evict somebody for eating fried chicken with gloves, which... Sure you can. I need to hear more about that. Um, And Arya's like no longer interested in this. So she's like, okay, well, just stop thinking about her. Go have dinner with your mom. And Emily's like, no, I'll (laughs) sit here. And then he sits back and puts her feet up, and Arya's just like, uh, okay. And well, I just Arya, wanted Arya to, like, pick up the the journal and start on chapter two. Well, like, Emily's like, no, I'll sit here. And she just puts her feet up, and Arya, like, looks at those feet. And she's a little bit annoyed. Like, I think she wanted to, to you know, be by herself while uh, she suffered Ezra to go his own dark way on these pages here. Yeah. But Emily's just like, nope, I'm staying. <laughs> Finishing my coffee. <laughs> You want Ezra's missing girlfriend's finger now or uh, toe with some nail polish on it? I'll get you that by three o'clock. Uh, so the Marin kitchen, long time no see. Yeah, it's the Marin eyes. house, yeah. Hannah's putting some stuff in the fridge when the the back doors are open and Spencer kind of leans in. Hannah is wearing like a royal blue shirt with some kind of like psychedelic bling monkey on it. Well, it's like uh, a sweater. I mean, these are this is like casual Hannah here, yeah. Yeah, uh, Spencer's just like. Hi. Hannah's like, hi. Yeah, uh, come on in. Spencer comes in. There's a bunch of papers laid out on the island, some pictures. Spencer sees them. She's like, what's this? And Hannah's like, uh, research. My boss wants to buy a cat while she's in Asia. They have this weird breed of super short legs. They call them munchkins. Spencer's like, that's only slightly offensive. And you should like, mention that uh, Spencer's changed into like jeans and like a black polo with white stripes on it. Yeah. And Hannah's like, yeah, well, so is my boss. And Spencer's Munchkin like, cats are super cute. They are well. Mm-hmm. They're just adorable little kittens. So I'm just like, look, I'm really sorry. Well, no, they're not just kittens. They have tiny little legs. But they're going to perpetually look like kittens. Look, as like with huge women, heads. Okay? Get yeah. a grip. Get a grip. So at least she's like, look, I'm really sorry about the way I talked to you today. I was just so focused on trying to be my mom's savior, and I was like, no, it's fine. Lucas is going to help us. He's going to be our alibi. And Spencer's like, <laughs> really? I think she's thinking like, can't we do any better? Yeah, really. Um, so then, like, the, kinda... let's just like expand the pool of people lying here. That'll make it better. Yeah, I think I'd rather get a hobo, Hannah. Hmm. Honestly, that'd be more believable. Uh, so we hear, yeah, Hannah's... what's Jason up to? Hear a cell phone ringing. It's Olivia Newton-John's physical, and like, is this a joke because Jordan is Australian? Ah, uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, Did... I feel like it's a joke because Hannah lives in two thousand five, where people still have goofy ringtones. 
I mean, did no one consider Men at Work as a ringtone? I mean, I know that Who Can It Be Now is a cliche. Well, no, I, I, I obviously, you know, she wants to get physical with Jordan. I think that's that's part of the gag here. Oof. Yeah. So Hannah looks down. She's a little embarrassed. And she, she big smile on her face and spins her last. She's like, uh, is that Munchkin Lover? <laughs> and Hannah says, no, it's Jordan calling me to say goodnight. She seems so happy. I'm sorry, Caleb Shippers. She seems very smitten, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Spencer says, oh, let me give you guys a enhance. Like, no, it's fine. I'll just call him back. So she puts the phone down. She looks off. She's, you know, just a big big grin on her face. And Spencer, Spencer smiled at her. She says, you seem really happy. Hannah nods very cheerfully. So it's time to go fishing. Mm -hmm. Spencer says, so um, is it weird now for you to for you to see Caleb? And Hannah's like, no, I'm getting married, Spencer. God, why does everybody keep asking me about Caleb? And Spencer says, I I didn't realize that anybody else had. Well, Spencer is standing there almost as vulnerable as she can possibly be. Like, possibly, you know, without the aid of alcohol or pills, never been more vulnerable, almost. And volumes are worldly she's spoken between these two. And Hannah's just like, oh. Well, it's, it's neat because the, the most important line of dialogue in the scene is unspoken, basically. Mm. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, she just, they just look at each other. Yeah. And Hannah's just like, Oh, yeah. And Spencer looks away and like you see a million emotions cross Hannah's face. Like she's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. And like it's like she's over Caleb and Spencer's her friend. And like, you know, you see like I don't I don't think she's totally cool with it. She's kind of cool. She wants to be cool with it. She's she knows she should be cool with it. Uh, and Hannah's like, so do you have feelings for her? and. Spencer says nothing. Uh, she just kind of looks at Hannah. She can't even hold eye contact. She looks very guilty. Um, as much as she's over him, I feel like there's a part of Hannah that's horrified right now. Like she's because oh, she starts doing the math, you know, and, like, and then like trying to calm herself as she's doing the math. She's like, so when you um when you guys uh met in Spain, did you? And Spencer's like, no, no, I would never do that to you. I no. And Hannah nods. She's relieved now, much happier. Yeah, yeah. And Spencer says, and I don't even know if he feels the same way. Well, Hannah, dying inside, but taking the high road. And she's like, well, then I think that you should find out. And she smiles. And, and you know, the question has been on all of our minds if, if this was going to happen, you know, because the liar bond was the most important relationship. And I feel like this is kind of how it's done. You know? Permission has been granted. Yeah, and I mean... If if permission can ever truly be granted in a situation well, like this. And I know I've got this in the past before. Like, you can break up of somebody and you can be over them and you can still have those kind of pains of jealousy when they whatever they do in the future and it's it's natural it doesn't necessarily mean you desire them or want that relationship back i mean because sometimes nostalgia for an old relationship is really nostalgia for yourself at a different period of time i don't know so uh, do, you, do you think that that spencer is truly authorized now or does the girl code still apply I think that the 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 you know the clause has been found and the permission has been granted. She's gotten hmm. all the paperwork approved here. I mean, okay. does she really though? I mean, the only other thing that could happen here is for like Hannah to whisper like Spencer's ear, like uh, like you know, get your get your like knuckles like cracked and fingers and just get in there. That's I guess I've always felt like the uh, the secret clause and the girl code and the bro code is that like even though they say it's okay, it's still not okay. Well. I guess it depends on the people, too. Hmm. But, I mean, I, I, I want to say I called it a little bit. I mean, obviously, a lot of people were predicting Spela, but 
I think the what convinced me that Spencer was kind of yearning for something here that it was like hadn't been consummated yet was just the acting in the last episode. That's that's kind of how they seem to be behaving to me. Like well, she she was into it and nothing had happened yet was kind of what I was reading from that situation. You predicted that she was yearning. But, yeah, yeah. But that was the end of it. That's what you predicted, right? I, I predicted that she nothing had happened in Spain, but she was kind of falling for Caleb and wasn't really sure what to do. I yeah. love that there's a beyond that. There's a question that like is not answered until the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the next Although day, isn't it kind of though? I mean, he's making you, himself awfully available. I'm just saying. Caleb, you know, he's a mysterious bro. I'm a pretty mysterious bro. And I work hard to cultivate that mystery. What's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm a hacker, but I'm also a fisher. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so the next day, on a bench in the Main Street Rosewood area, uh, there's Arya reading some typed pages to that literary piece of shit of Ezra. Arya's wearing her red leather jacket. And you know <laughs> you know what Ezra needs right now? How many jackets out? did she pack? Yeah, really. Seriously. Or, I mean, were these just like sitting in the closet? Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know what Ezra needs right now to straighten him out? A beer. A half season on Ravenswood. Ooh. Um, so anyway, we discover that that here that Ezra has handwriting good enough to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arya's like, I figured if anyone could decipher your chicken scratch, it'd be me. But there's if there were even a few words that I couldn't. And he's just like, why did you do this? God, he's such a dick. <laughs> she hands in the folder of paper. She's like, because I, I thought that maybe you, if, if you saw it in a different form, it would inspire you to pick up where you left off. It's really good, Ezra. Really good. He's just like sulking. She's like, he Look, looks perplexed as she says that. Forget about who I work for, okay? I don't give a damn what anyone else says. This is me talking. You need to finish this book. I want the entire world to know who you really are. Careful oh, there, Arya. Do you really? <laughs> and then she starts to lie. She's like, you're a compassionate sensitive you're kind and she's nodding she's like she really wants this to be true and he's just looking at her like she's some dumb naive girl and he's just like maybe i'm not (laughs) (laughs) he hands her back the pages and leaves well she she looks like she had genuinely not considered that (laughs) yeah and that she's probably coming to terms with how much she likes dark ezra so he kind of gets up and just walks off but it's it's this is almost this is interesting most freudian in my notes he's ezra up until the point where he responds and says, maybe I'm not. And I just realized I wrote Dark Ezra literally <laughs> every time after that in my notes. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's even more frustrating than usual to see Arya put so much effort into things with this asshole. He's not even pretending to be appreciative. He's borderline hostile to her every chance he gets. So, back to Hollis. I guess it's the next day. Spencer's uh, she's in a dress now. Yeah. And she's going over to talk to this like damien bro in like the newspaper room and she's like damien and he's like spencer and she says hey he says hi uh i wasn't expecting you are you here to finish our interview he's drinking zero calorie big red come on is that is there like a not zero calorie big red well there's you know old classic big red which we are intimately acquainted with Do they call it like big red zero or something i don't know i just happened hmm. to be at the store one day and i saw zero calorie big red and i was like what the shit is this the, the, like diet is that out of fashion now i, I don't know like i branding mean I guess, wise i guess zero calorie is the new thing i have mm. like i said i saw the picture on twitter i bought that two liter i have not opened it yet because it doesn't sound good mm-hmm. and and big red as much as i loved it in high school it is pure sugar it's also terrible yeah, yeah. um but also wonderful it tastes like someone asked me what it tastes like it tastes like a it generic, tastes like red well it tastes like a generic red snow cone minus the ice tastes like red 
Yeah, like That's syrup. That's the best it's, way I can describe it's it. straight syrup. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so I just determined, and she's like, uh, I came to ask if your article was really about millennials and politics or if you have another angle. And he kind of looks at her like, He's what? playing dumb, yeah. And she's like, the bunker girls. And he kind of laughs at that. But you know, he's just thinking like, I wish that was my angle. I should go sell that to BuzzFeed. Well, he, he gives her this look like he's like, it's vaguely condescending, like, oh, haha, that you would even think that, you know. Well, he's like, um, I think you need to relax, which no one has ever succeeded going down that road, mm-hmm. suggests the dispenser. He's like, I'm writing about the twenty something children of senatorial candidates. I don't I don't have an agenda. So oh, everybody cares about the children of senatorial candidates. Yeah, really. Uh, like uh what's her name? John McCain. Ma- Megan McCain. Uh so Spencer has her her arms folded over her chest and it's like she's like not in the mood taking more of this bullshit. She kind of glances over and sees that one of his post notes is callback Mona. Mona V. Yeah. Also <laughs> another post that says interview with destiny question yes. mark. I mean, who's that? Like Ezra's favorite call girl? <laughs> Spencer's like, "Really?" And he says, "Really?" Then why are you playing phone tag with Mona Vanderwall? Is she going to offer you some fresh insight into Charlotte's dollhouse? And Damien says, uh, no, she's scheduling a sit down with the opponent's daughter. And Spencer says, what? And Damien's like, Mona's working for the other camp. Spencer's like, I'm sorry. When did this happen? Did we, did we not call that or suggest that? I mean, we, here's the thing about this podcast. We throw out a lot of shit. So sometimes we're right <laughs> through no fault of our own. Accidentally, mm-hmm. we get it right sometimes. Yeah. So Damien says, well, don't look at my, me. Apparently Mona approached your mom about working for her campaign first. But was shown the door. I'd like to see that scene as well. Yeah. Veronica's like, honestly, money scared the shit out of me. Please go away. I'll give Veronica's you money. Like, give you money last, to leave. The last time we spoke, Mona, he was in a mental hospital. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> She's like, honestly, I really don't think you should hold that against me, Veronica. You, you don't also, even I know where you live. You don't even get to leave through the back door like everyone else. You <laughs> go out the front door. <laughs> yeah, Spencer is not aware of this, dude. Uh, Damien's just like, wow, you really didn't know. I've heard of inner circles, but leaving your daughter out, that's cold. You Fuck haven't off. heard of any inner circles, Bob Woodward. Shut the hell up. I don't like this guy. <laughs> and this he, is what I'm doing I, He's a it. prick, but I don't think he knows it. I think he has this, like, affected, like, slacker persona that he oh, thinks I think is an excuse to be obtuse, basically. I think he thinks he's, like, sneering truth to power or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya's bedroom, Arya's like yeah. me and Emily, Hannah, Arya and Emily are wearing outfits that are relatively normal for them, but oh shit, all hands on deck, Hannah's outfit. Hannah is wearing a kimono bathrobe thing of high heels. It is Well, you're like, oh, so she's short. She's just chilling in Arya's room. That's why she's wearing this bathrobe, I, right? She's yeah, going to change when she goes out in public. I honestly figured she was doing laundry there or mm-hmm. something. And Ari was like, put on my weird geisha outfit that I have chilling in the closet. No, I guess these are like maybe shorts underneath the robe part. Uh, I think it's just but, a bathrobe. I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Emily's in like jean jacket and hot pants, basically. Well, it's like somebody was like, okay, guys, look, like powwow here. I don't know what the hell they've dressed Ashley Benson in. This outfit's bizarre. We need to give her something else because it's it's just boggling the mind. And someone's like, let's have her eat straight orange juice concentrate out of the can. <laughs> There are several several favorite scenes of mine in this episode, but this is definitely one of them. It's, it's this whole scene is so weird and wonderful, and it has so many like odd touches in it yeah. that don't need to be there, but add so much kind of character and humor. But now that they're there, you can't imagine removing. Yeah, them. I mean, she's eating orange juice concentrate with a spoon. It's great. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're having this powwow. Emily says, "When do you have to go in?" And Hannah's like, five. He already grilled my mom." 
And he says, all right, Hannah, don't forget, this is Lorenzo, not Wilden. He's not bent on making Allie's friends look like we're... And Hannah's like, friends? Have you heard from Allie since dinner? And then she looks to Ari. Have you? Ari says nothing. And Hannah says, Allison is not looking to make any more friendship bracelets. Ooh, great reference. Yeah. And Lee says, I thought you said Lucas was going to help. You're worried he won't come through? And Hannah says, I'm worried about everything, Emily. My mom losing her job. My boss firing me because I didn't send the right laxative to Tokyo. Everything. Is there more than one kind of laxative? I don't know, but she looks like she looks like she's having a meltdown at a photo shoot. Yeah, just stewing while she like mixes up her OJ concentrate here. What Ari's like, do you want to mix that with water? And Hannah's like, no! God, I hate that I'm <laughs> in this place. <laughs> you can tell this is driving Ari nuts. Yeah. The, the concentrate thing. Well, Hannah's like, God, I hate that I'm in this place and being forced to lie like I'm in 11th grade all over again. Then we hear a noise like a cell phone ringing. No, no one's forcing you, Hannah, exactly. Like, you kind of dug your own hole on this one. This is, this is just, this is your metier. This is where you go. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's ringing. It's actually like Aria's like a tablet and her like fake FaceTime, her fake time. Face chat. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's Liam. And she sits down at the desk and answers the call. And Liam's like, hey, you got a minute? Well, so Hannah and Emily have, they're just chilling over on the window seat. Like good tulpas, just like Pigtunia was over her right shoulder. Just want to point that out. Like, like true Badabenzo. And Arya's like, uh, sure, what's up? Why are you unbuttoning your shirt? And we see on the screen he's <laughs> unbuttoning his shirt. Is also, he's in the office. Um, well, so I got to ask you, is it just me or does Arya seem slightly deranged every time she's at a computer? Yeah. Like she well, gets this demented look on her face like she's violating a court order or something. Like like Lucy Hale's like not allowed to use a computer in real life or something. No, she looks like she's doing something unholy to a corpse whenever she it's sits like, down at a computer. Maybe it's just that the computer screen lights up her face with like weird lighting at a weird angle. She always looks slightly crazy. Maybe she's which something is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, and so he's just like, um, I have to go pick up Jillian's mother at Logan and take her to the trusty thing at the gardener. Now, now I'm officially a male escort for 80 some 80 so year old cougars. Was this just like the flimsiest excuse ever to like show off this guy's abs or something? Possibly. So one of our, our very awesome listeners, Courtney, sent an email, uh, presumably, well, Courtney's in Boston. She sent this email. I got this email before this episode aired, before I saw it on the West Coast. Uh, wanting to make sure that we were aware of the Gardner Museum before this reference. Okay. Uh, it's the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum, and I highly suggest if you're listening, you read about it. It's it's fantastic. She was fantastic. There was a famous theft in the 90s. It's great to read about. Um, but as Courtney so wonderfully put it, Isabel Stewart Gardner is basically the early 21st century's aria. Hmm. And if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what would. So anyway. Well, I just want to mention Liam here. He's changing his shirt. For a second, I thought he put on the exact same shirt because they're both plaid shirts. Well, gray, white plaid shirts. Yeah. Well, I just just imagine if he did, though, like how surreal it would be. <laughs> like if they just never address it and he put on the exact same shirt. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that's, just, that's where I want the show to go. Just full on weird. Like when Arya tilts the camera over, I want there to be nobody in that uh, window seat when he when he sees it from his perspective. You, you want the narrative logic of uh, what was the the strip, the Garfield without Garfield strip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I just want I want in in group scenes for Arya to be like, everyone, shut up for a minute, shut up, and then she looks at Pictunia and she's like, I had not considered that. Thank you, Milige. <laughs> yeah. So Arya says, um, Liam. He's like, uh huh. And Arya says. I'm not alone. Hannah and Emily are here. And she tilts the screen over to reveal Hannah and Emily behind her right shoulder. And they both smile watching him. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. And he waves. Oh, hey, guys. Yeah. They wave back both at the same time. They're like, hi. 
Alright, turns the screen back to her smiling. This is my favorite moment in the episode. Interesting. So of all know, yeah, seriously, of all the moments, I just there's something about this I love. Because I, I feel like they're just dancing on the edge here, like of complete surreality. <laughs> like Arya, she's positioning her own camera angles now. It's like a through the looking the glass moment. It's just I love it. <laughs> so Liam on the laptop is just like I just wanted to give you a quick update. Um Julian said if she doesn't have it doesn't have something from Fitz by tomorrow, she's moving on. And Arya's like, what? Why? He says, she left me this long message saying that he was a fraud. And he was two months away from <laughs> teaching creative writing on a cruise ship, which Ezra does not have what it well, takes to do that. Just devastating. In the background, Hannah and Emily are both thinking to themselves, like, fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, side note, sidebar. Were you not developing the exact same theory about Liam based on that line? For me, that was the moment it originated. Which theory? My theory, well, let's get to the end of the scene. I'll go into it. Well, uh, real quick, before you, I, what kind of message is this? Like this long message, like where her boss is just like rambling about Ezra being like a fraud. He's two months away from teaching creative writing on a cruise ship. I, like was his boss drunk or something? Or is Liam <laughs> making this up? This is this is when, when I was just like, there's something else going on here. Like he, he seems a little too smart, you know? Well, and I think he's, I think he's slightly making it up. So mm-hmm. Arya's eyes just, just bugging out and she's like okay well she's wrong and liam's kind of like uh and she's like she'll have something on her desk by tomorrow will you tell her that please and he's like you know sighs and he's just like yeah i miss you and she seems to be like he seems are to be you doing to... like moriarty from the bbc sherlock it's it's, it's i gave maybe, you my number it's maybe more muppetish because that's mm-hmm. what i hear when he talks um so he seems to be trying to make a real connection to her, even though her friends are right there, which he knows now. <laughs> and she's just like... Or are they? Or did she just pan to an empty window seat? And he's like, uh, hi. I, I heard about this. <laughs> this is not the first time Ari has done this to me. Mm-hmm. We have group sex acts that are just the two of us. Don't ask. Um, so Ari cool. is like, I miss you too. But she seems colder now. Like she's more calculating her ill thought out plan. Um, so she ends the call. Arya flips and like flips around, looks and sees the look that Emily and Hannah are giving her, and she's like, "What?" And Hannah's like, "Why are you worried about his book?" And Arya does this mega, mega eye roll, <laughs> and Hannah's like, "Those are words. Who cares about the stuff he makes up? Why don't you ask him for the truth about the night Charlotte was killed?" And then, like uh, a cell phone thing goes off that sounds like an egg timer, which LOL, that's a great joke. Mm, there you go. Uh, and Hannah's like, "What was that?" And it's Emily's phone, of course, and Emily's like, "Uh, timer on my phone. My mom asked me to meet her." I've got to use the bathroom. And so she gets up, leaves the room. and I love the complete dismissal of Ezra's work from Hannah there. Yeah. Like, who cares about the stuff he makes up? Well, this is a, Arya's just like, I care. This is an episode that has so much great material for all four of the, the liars. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like one of them is taking a backseat at all. Um, And so Hannah gets up and she kind of sighs. And, and really she, see how short of a bathrobe that is that she's wearing. I God forbid she drops something and has to pick it I up know. from somebody. Uh. So Hannah's like, what are you going to say if the police call you in? Are you telling them that you met up with Fitz? And Arya's like, no, I was asleep the whole time. Remember? And Hannah, <laughs> Hannah's just like, whatever, bitch. Yeah, so she tosses the OJ can in Arya's trash can. And Arya's like, oh, Hannah, no, no, no. Please drop that in the kitchen. And Hannah gives her this cold look. Like, you just, you rueful bitch. Well, the shisher just pointed her to the door. Yeah, well, so- also told her to bend over and pick it up in that short kimono. Well, maybe that was why. Uh, so Hannah rolls her eyes. She gets her OJ back from the trash, and then she eats another spoonful, like glaring at Arya and like smirking at her. Yeah, as Arya gives her like this judgy look. <laughs> this episode is just full of weird stuff like that. It's so wonderful. 
So my theory about Liam is he's lying about everything Jillian is saying. Okay. Um, that, that makes sense. Either he's lying for whatever reason or he is in charge of this project still. And he's just basically running Arya on it. Hmm. That's why he doesn't have to leave Boston. He doesn't have to. I mean, would you want to be in the room with Ezra? Just send the send. Wouldn't him. you want to meet him at least once? Uh, he has met him, I think. Yeah, that's true. He said he met him on a book tour or something. Yeah. And I think that was probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, and Ezra just looks like he smells funny. Like maybe he's peed himself in the last forty-eight hours. Um, so in the hallway. Hannah's like rounding a corner, but stops when she senses something. She looks into the fairly open bathroom door and can see a reflection of Emily in the mirror. Emily is wearing leather shorts, which I didn't realize before yeah, now. that's what I'm saying. She's wearing leather hot pants. Yeah, she's injecting herself in the thigh, and Hannah's just like, what? Well, like, is that why she's wearing the hot pants, so she can just like do it anytime she needs but to? If that was the case, wouldn't it show off like potential track marks? I, I, I don't think you get those right away. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then the door shuts and Hannah makes some Hannah face there. So after commercial, Emily walks into the Montgomery living room there. She's leaving and Hannah's waiting for her. And Hannah says, hey, are you getting out of here? And Emily says, yeah, I just have to, a few work emails to deal with. And Hannah says, Emily, I saw you in the bathroom. And Emily says, I don't know what you mean. And Hannah says, Em, it's me. And Emily looks away and Hannah sighs. She's very worried. She's like, are you sick? And Emily's like, no, I'm broke. And Hannah's like, what? what? What about the Salk Institute? And Emily's like, it's not real. I mean, the place is. I just, I don't have a job there. And Hannah's like, what's going on? And they sit down on the couch, get real with each other. And Emily says, the last couple of years have been, just been a, a lot harder than I made them sound. I left school and I blew through all the money that my dad left me. And that's why when one of the girls I bartend with told me about it, Hannah's like, told you about what? And Emily says, donating my eggs. Oh, gold star to all the people who predicted that one. Hannah says, wait, that's what the injections are for? And he says, you have to take a lot of hormones before the procedure. That's why I'm having it done here. And Hannah's like, Em, you don't have to do this. I'll lend you the money. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. I want to. I mean, for the first time in forever. Isn't that like a song? I feel like that's a Disney song. For the first time in forever. Heaven above. I'm in love. I don't know. It's like that first five year song, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, for the first time in forever. I actually feel about feel good about a choice I've made. I'm going to be, help two people start a family. And yeah, smiles. This is kind of a neat twist. Uh, this isn't something Emily's resenting or anything like that. Like, this isn't actually a hardship for her. She feels good about it, yeah. which is probably why she felt so shitty when Sabrina was, like, trying to, like, get real about her cancer. Yeah. And Emily's just like, God, I'm an asshole. Uh, so Hannah says, I just wish you would have told me sooner. And Emily says, I didn't know how. And says, well, whoever they are, they're the luckiest couple in the world. Because that baby will look like Shay Mitchell. Well, the, you see this grin starts to spread across Emily's face here. Because well, she's just like, yeah, they well, are. It's not My just genes relief. are amazing. Yeah, it's not just relief. That is straight up pride on her face. <laughs> um, this is a very like like touching, serious scene. And it starts off with poor Hannah like having to deal with the fact that her friends, who have been her goddamn like network that she's relied on, are lying to her poorly yet again and it ends in this kind of like great affirming place where hannah can like make a bond with emily emily can finally like you know pierce through the egg of her own shame in which like well like with season one hidden inside that shame and that secret is something that's you know makes her like a pregnancy metaphor well unfortunately i wasn't intending but i Mm -hmm. mean like you know she was so worried about her sexuality and like that coming out and then once it did you know once 
all of that faded away. She was so happy to be herself. And it's all that going on. It's a serious scene, but it's still taking place between a girl wearing a ripped denim jacket and a girl <laughs> who's wearing a kimono robe outfit. Yeah, but these now we know in Lee's big secret, she dropped out of college. She blew through all her inheritance. And now she's trying to get her eggs, don't, or donate her eggs to get money back so she can go back to college. I still think she would make a fortune as a bartender, personally. I mean, she lives in San Diego. I feel like she could walk in any club downtown and just be like, hi, I want to bartend. And they'd be like, you're hired. Hmm. Like, that's I, it. There's no no interview. I would like to hear from somebody who listens to this podcast who happens to be uh, a bartender and or mm-hmm. near Pepperdine. Um, so meanwhile, up in Arya's room, Arya's like pacing and flipping through Ezra's journal. She is about to do something crazy stupid. So there's that usual Arya manic vibe happening. <laughs> Ezra's feelings journal. Yeah. Uh, Arya, I, I, I went all about it. Ezra's just writing power words to eventually use. Um, and they're just scrawled out Femicide. there. Femicide. Yeah. Femicide Like it's like a, like a we started the fire, just like free like poetry thing. Uh, so finally, oh, that Arya, sounds brutal. <laughs> finally, uh, Arya finds something that she can use. She sits down, opens like a word file, starts typing. I mean, can you imagine trying to be the Gordon Lish or whatever to Ezra? But she keeps typing like the keys are clacking. I'm doing like crazy, like hands, just like smacking mm-hmm. keyboard gestures here. Clickety clackety. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, she's so, a deranged maniac. Yeah. And it's it's so special. Um, police interrogation room. We've got Hannah Lorenzo. Hannah's sitting, storing that fucking outfit. <laughs> That's what I was like. You're wait. like, wait, she didn't change. Yeah. I thought you were doing your laundry or something. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love this show. So Lorenzo's like standing there. Um, probably, he's like, like leaning over, trying to do his like tough guy cop act here. Yeah, yeah, just like trying to be tall and imposing. And he's like, so you, re- I feel like we should have a special voice for Lorenzo, but I don't have it. I, I just don't have it now. So he's like, so you reached out to a friend you hadn't seen in, what, five years? And she's like, Lucas and I were close. And he's like, yeah, not that sure, close. sure. Well, but I mean, I get what he's saying from a cop. He's like trying to poke holes in her thing. But also, this is what you do when you go back home, right? You yeah. connect with the, the wackos you used to know. Um, Something and, like that, yeah. And so he's like, and were any of the others awake for this 3 a.m. snack? And she's like, no, I mean, I'm the only one who even eats fried mozzarella sticks. And he's like, your friends sound horrible then if they don't eat fried mozzarella sticks. No, he uh, says, fried uh, mozzarella sticks are gross. I'm sorry. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lorenzo's like, do you mind if I invite someone else to join us? And Hannah seems nervous, but she acquiesces. And he opens the door. He's like, can you come in here, please? And like, to me, it was like there's like a black void out in that hallway. And in walks. Well, it's like there's all this built of like, oh shit, who's this gonna be? Oh, isn't like the lighting like really dark out in the hallway though? (laughs) Yeah, for for added effect. We could show down that. You think someone amazing is gonna walk in like Sarah Harvey? No, it's just Lucas. Imagine if Sarah Harvey walked in and not only walked in, but like she sparkled. I'm back. I'm a vampire now. (laughs) So uh, Lorenzo like sets up a chair besides Hannah, and like like Lucas sits there, and he's like, "Maybe you can help us." Hannah doesn't seem to recall like letting you in the hotel, and Lucas is like eager to play along. Well, you know they've they've rehearsed this or something. They've tried to get their story straight. I'm guessing here. I mean, he like he's doing this like he's so excited to be doing. He's he's way he's overdoing it. He's way too cocky. He's gonna fuck up in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, she didn't, but there was another guest leaving as I got there. And Lorenzo's like, well, can you describe this guest? And Lucas is like, uh, a man? I didn't get a good look. My hands are full of greasy bags. And Lorenzo's like, mm hmm. So. Well, he does, Lorenzo, he does this really funny side glance that, like, I feel like maybe this guy's a little, little underrated just because everybody hates him. But he kind of looks over at Hannah and back to Lucas. And you just see on his face, he's just thinking, like, you and her, bullshit. Well, it's about to really go there. Yeah. So he's like, why were you so eager to drop off food in the middle of the night? 
Well, he's going to rub it in. It's basically what he's doing here. Well, Lucas is like Hannah called, and I was happy to hear her voice. And she sounded a little tipsy, so I thought maybe we would have a little bit of fun. And Hannah's like, nope, nope. I'd rather just take the murder charge. You <laughs> might as well put me down for Mrs. D murder, too. We were not going to have any kind of little bit of fun. Nope. Well, Hannah, she's like so smiling at him, you know, like, oh, I was happy to hear her voice. Has she picked up yet on like, why is Lucas so eager to provide an alibi? Well, yeah, and Hannah has to jump in immediately if talking. He means talking. We talked until the sun came up. And then Lucas is like, I meant fucking. That's what I was hoping for, sex. You know, like Slay the Dragon from high school sex. I I, I was wearing a condom when I got there. (laughs) I I had been erect for 12 hours straight, just in anticipation. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn to just shake his head and be like, nope, no, you weren't. You and her? Nope. (laughs) She showed up in a sexy kimono outfit. You are garbage. Nope. Um, Lorenz is like, hmm, now were you drinking alcohol too? And Lucas is like, nope, ice water. And I was like, was it in the room? Ice water. Mm. Yeah. I would have thought that ice set uh, a turndown would have melted. And Luke is like, oh, I went to get more. And then it just says, so you left the room. This is like the third follow up to the thing, Lucas. You, you've done fucked up. Mm-hmm. And Luke is like, no, well, I just left to walk down the hall to the ice machine. And Lawrence is like, oh, he's blinking rapidly now. He's, he's was blind. it down the hall? Because according to my records, rather than have an ice closet on the third floor. Oh, shit. Lorenzo's fucking Colombo. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah, Luke is just like an idiot right there in front of Hannah. <laughs> and the sad thing is, there very well could have been an ice machine right outside Hannah's door. But like, he just has to say, according to my record. Yeah. Yeah, and he can't blow it off. It's like, oh, I was wasted because he said he wasn't drunk. Because one of them needs to be sober to like fully cooperate this alibi. Lucas is the glam Brendan Dassey of this whole thing. I um, really wanted Lorenzo to just be like, oops, Lucas. And yeah. walk out. <laughs> Uh, so Spencer's kitchen, it's night. Uh, she she comes up, and there's Melissa looking sullen in the dark on the couch, just like old times. <laughs> Spencer's like, Melissa, what's wrong? Melissa's been crying. I'm 99% sure that this whole thing is some sort of setup. Like, it's just way too calculated. This, well, so, this is why you can't turn your back on Hastings. Well, and my, my thing about Melissa in this scene was I was flashing back to season five, and I was like, Mona's army. Mm-hmm. Lucas is there. Paige is there. Mm-hmm. Melissa makes her grand late entrance, and I believe the line was, her bitch face is so hard, she looks like she might cry. <laughs> was how we described it. But yeah, they were all there in that room, so I feel like Melissa's aware of Lucas. They're both in town. They're shady. They're awesome. Well, Mona's awesome. around somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe the twins are somewhere. Whatever oh, happened to them. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see the next time we see Sarah Harvey. She's just walking down the street like Natalie Portman at the end of Closer, mm-hmm. and the twins are flanking her. Exactly. I yeah. have another great Closer reference coming up later. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, Like you, but sweeter? <laughs> just you wait. Uh, she's like, I am an idiot. I totally botched things with that reporter from Hollis. And Spencer's like, with Damien? You talked to him? And Melissa's like, I wouldn't exactly call it talking. More like nervous blurting. Which, first Does of all... Does that sound like Melissa to you? She exactly. doesn't nervously blurt. Does that sound like Melissa to you? She's doubling Spencer. Well, Melissa's and, gonna... She's gonna bait the hook here. Yeah, but Spencer. she's doubling Spencer and then, like, like stabbing her in the, the ribs. So yeah. Spencer comes over to my sister and she's like, okay, what did you blurt? And I'm just, you know... Imagine Damien the Devil's charmed life. He got to enjoy intense conversation with not one but two Hastings daughters. <laughs> Melissa says, everything was going fine, but then he got to take a phone call. When he came back, his questions changed, and I saw the words were on his pad. And Spencer's like, what were the words? And oh, she's like, totally hooked Spencer now, yeah. Melissa's like, I can only make out a few, but they really freaked me out. Source, cover-up, and tape. 
And Spencer's like, ugh. And Melissa's like, what happened to that tape I made you? The one where I talked about the night that Allison disappeared. And Spencer's like, oh my god, Melissa, it's it, it's gone, it's gone. Well, it's Melissa, funny because she doesn't out. say something at first because her mind is elsewhere. She's yeah, thinking exactly. about a different tape. Well, she knows exactly that it's it's the Aria tape. But Melissa's sitting here like jumping up, freaking out, and Spencer's like, oh no, it's it's gone. I destroyed it. Don't worry, I, you know, no stop. Don't be paranoid. <laughs> don't be paranoid in Rosewood. Yeah, well, you don't tell Hastings. Don't mm-hmm. to, you don't tell Hastings to not be paranoid. You don't tell Hastings to relax. So it makes it worse. Melissa just goes running up the stairs in her red and black skirt. She's freaked out. So I don't think Melissa is is ever a. I feel like the first rule of Melissa Hastings is that her shadiness is always for a different reason than what you would think. Yeah, yeah. So I I think she was actually she wants to know what Spencer did with that memory card. I feel like that's the information she's fishing for here. Right. Um, possibly because Mona would also be implicated in that little murder. Yeah, that's good right. Point. So maybe maybe there's some some joint action there. I feel well, like this is totally separate from the Charlotte thing. This is like Melissa's running around side game here. Well, and picture, excuse me, that uh, Melissa and, and Mona have spoken. Mona's now in a position of power with the uh, the opposition politically, mm-hmm. and Mona just has to say. I want that that memory card too, and if I get it, your mom's opponent may not do very well in this election. I'm just saying. Or it could be something where this mysterious A or whoever is threatening Melissa as well, threatening Melissa and Mona, and they're they're doing their own little shenanigans on the side, trying to figure out like how exposed they are. Yeah. Oh, I love this show. Yeah. So uh, Spencer, so- she gets up, runs over to her purse, gets her yeah. phone out. She's gonna text Arya and jump to some conclusions here. <laughs> so Arya's bedroom, she's typing like a mad woman. Her herself mm-hmm. maybe she checks it. In the dark, terrible yeah. ergonomics. We see the text. Someone saw the hotel tape. Ezra needs to talk. Spencer. And Arya's like, oh shit. She grabs her red leather jacket, runs off. <laughs> runs neat. off to the Arya mobile. Did you there's a neat wipe where when she pulls her jacket across the frame, mm-hmm. it kind of wipes away the text on screen. Oh, nice. It's very cool. It's a nice little subtle effect there. I, I hope they do I, more stuff like that. I'm really digging like the uh, the, the text that way that they're mm-hmm. doing the 6B. It's fun. Um, so meanwhile, Emily's like chilling in the, like, the lobby bar area of the Radley. She's talking to the, the guy at the check-in desk. Um, uh, did you notice that the, in addition to the gold pen and the little pen holder on the counter, they also have like a feather pen and a holder right next to it? The Radley's fancy as shit. It is fancy as fuck. Um, so she looks over and sees Sarah Harvey at the bar. Sharbot 5000 having a pink drink. Just pointing also, that out. The bartender slides over a checkbooklet to Sarah. And I like that we don't get to see her wave it away. <laughs> uh, so Emily to the clerk's like, oh, never mind. She's here. So Emily marches over to Sarah. Sarah is sitting there with like crazy straight Terminator like posture. Well, she's and- also wearing like a gray toga or something. <laughs> and with Emily's black gloves just- on, of course. And was like, I wanted to answer the question I asked you yesterday. Why are you here? And Sarah says, the police asked me to stay. I might be able to help. <laughs> she's drinking a pink drink. Nothing yeah. is sacred to her. When Emily talks, like Sarah just stares at her like she's fascinated by human beings and their mouths and words and things. And Emily's like, I'm well, talking about the. Huh. I just want to say so her voice sounds like vaguely Southern now. I feel like like she didn't speak for so long that she forgot how to make words. <laughs> Which is also quite possibly an alien. Mm-hmm. Dre Davis is fantastic in this season. I mean, oh, she's so great. She's like, she's like doing like Boba Fett level work here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Emily's and- like, I'm talking about the funeral. If Charlotte was as horrible as you told the judge she was, uh, she was, uh, why did you go? Which really, Sarah could just be like, I can ask you the same question. <laughs> well, it'd, it'd be for the same reason that that she was Black Widow at Wilden's funeral mm-hmm. to make sure that she's dead. Yeah. 
Emily says, did you lie in court? Was it all an act so you could walk out like a victim? And Sarah I'm says, I'm lucky I was able to walk out of there at all. The delivery is even weirder because like her body is facing the bar, but her neck is turned like 90 oh. degrees to face Emily. She's like her, her, she's like posed like an evil mannequin half mm-hmm. the time. I keep thinking like her head's going to spin completely around her body. While, it while it may well. Yeah. Emily's like, what's that supposed to mean? This was there, like, leans a little closer. And she's like, I don't know about the others, but I know you feel guilty, Emily. And Emily's like, guilty? I have nothing to feel guilty about. And so we can tell from Dre Davis' body language, you know, never see it, that she's teasing taking her gloves off. Well, she and just looks downright perverse now. Yeah, I love that she never actually shows it. And Sarah's like, should I take these gloves off? And Emily's just like... <laughs> well, this freaks Emily the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> she's, Suddenly she's, like, pleading. You know? Sarah, I couldn't have done anything, okay? None of us could. It all happened so quick. And she keeps, like, looking down. Like she's Sarah, about to vomit. Yeah. Well, Sarah has now taken the gloves off. And is, like, at least showing off one well, hand. We don't and, see it. Yeah, it's out of frame. Well, whatever Emily's looking at must be so disturbing. And I'm fascinated. <laughs> but, like... Emily almost like immediately retreats like inward and like this excites Sarah a little bit. She's like, who are you trying to convince me or you? And Emily can't take it anymore. And she gets her stuff and she's getting ready to storm off. But of course she has to like sneak one last shameful look at Sarah's hands. <laughs> and Sarah watches her go like a little bit pleased with herself. She is just, Sarah is just so inconsolably, unassailably, glamorously creepy. I just wanted to like cut back to the, the bartender now. She's like, I'm sorry I ruined your appetite. And he's just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah so later we're at ezra's place there's a hard knock on the door he opens it and aria just like shoots into his room we need to talk oh god the others are on their way and we can't do this in front of them wait if you're listening to the podcast pause it hydrate if you're driving pull over <laughs> this scene is a roller coaster of just fun um yeah the other way we need we can just in front of them and he's like what others uh and uh, he shuts the door she spins to face him she's totally amped up she's at like 11 or 12 already yeah and she says look ezra i know you're lost right now i know you are you're filled with anger and you're full of despair and ezra's like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and he says charlotte and uh she just glares he, he's glaring at her and she's like for god's sake don't make me say it ezra he says nothing she's like look I know why you did what you did, and I will do whatever it takes to help you. I swear if you want me to lie for you, I will. I know that you did this to protect me. And he looks like he's ready to just laugh in her face, but then there's another knock at the door. Mm-hmm. A more powerful knock. So he yeah. looks back at the door, and Ari looks panicked, and she's like, oh, God, now don't. Just don't answer it. Not yet. And he's like, huh? So he goes and opens the door, and the first thing you see in the hallway is Hannah and her kimono. Oh, my and God. And I wanted Ezra to be like, what are you wearing? The theory vibes. And Hannah's just like, is she already here? So he just weighs them in like a petulant brat because Spencer and Emily are there too. Do come in. Join the party. Um, yeah, so Hannah walks in. Anybody home. bring pitchforks? Anything like that? Torches? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real big man getting sassy in his sweats. Um, Hannah has no problem chopping down this patriarchal tree. And she's like, you didn't protect Aria, okay? I protected Aria. Oh, yeah. Spencer comes aside trying to counsel like, hannah and i was like and we are not going to go down for this because you thought you had to slay the dragon well i like that hannah like refuses to let ezra take any credit here she's like no ari is mine i protected her well this is her hitting him with the tire iron i think Mm -hmm. uh spencer like puts a hand on hannah's back and she's like hannah please and hannah just erupts further like what my mom may go down for this too he needs to own up to what he did hannah knows what hannah means 
And what a shame that this is about a pesky murder and, you know, <laughs> not Ezra lying, stalking, seducing, taking advantage of teenage girl. Yeah. But Spencer's just like, Hannah, just let me talk. So Spencer faces Ezra and she's like, look, you can say that it was self-defense. Charlotte had a very long history of throwing the first punch and nobody would ever question you. And he's like, they can't. You seem to already have all the answers. And then he's like, e- or Ezra, it wasn't just some random car that hit her, okay? Somebody planned this to make it look like she jumped. Okay, sidebar here. This line makes it seem like Charlotte was hit by a car. Yeah. I don't think that's what they're trying to communicate. I think this was just Emily making an analogy to say this wasn't an accident. This was premeditated. Right, right. And I Because we know she was hit in the back of the neck with a blunt object. And I heard an interesting theory about that. We'll get to that in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spencer's like, and you might have already had that plan in your head. And she looks at her like, she's like, like, what? And she's like, that paper I wrote, Texas versus Kellner, you read the summer before I published it when we met up DuPont Circle right before your reading. Spencer still wants credit well, for how damn good that paper was. Yeah. And Ezra's feeling very ambushed right now. He says, okay, it's time for you to leave. And Emily says, not until you're honest with us. <laughs> Ezra says, honest, Emily? You are not asking me to change your grade. You're asking me to confess to a murder. Does he think that they want him to take a fall for them or something? Like, what does he think is going on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because he's not communicating the, like, oh, BT Dubs guy, I didn't actually do this. Uh, it's like, I don't know, he's like too prideful to say it or something. I don't know. Oh, Emily yeah, says. Because they besmirched his good name. <laughs> the good fake name that he has. And Emily says, where did you go that night after you left Arya? And he looks away, like, maybe a little ashamed or something. Well, like, and, is he upset that Arya told them about their little, like, drunken field trip? I don't know how he can be that upset. I mean, Arya yeah. says everything. Uh, and he says, why the hell can't she tell us? Um, so, I mean, you know, assuming the pattern holds here, and this is a red herring, they didn't actually kill Charlotte. Right. Where did he go? Because he, he doesn't seem guilty to me so much as, like, embarrassed or chagrined here. Like, there's something he doesn't want to admit, not because... It makes him suspicious, I think, but because he just doesn't want them to know about it. I feel like he probably went back to the brew and just cried. Just had a good, good and long It's going to be something embarrassing, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's that's not enough. It has to be something a little bit, like, just sad, not in, like, a, I feel bad for you, but you're a sad human being kind of way. Like, what if, like... Like eventually, Hannah or Emily blurts out to the cops that they think Ezra did it, and Lorenzo's like, "Fitz, he spent that morning in the drunk tank." Yes, yeah, I could see something like that. Uh, so anyway, Arya has had enough. She's like, "Emily, leave him alone." And Emily's like, "Why? Sarah Harvey won't leave us alone. She's sticking around Rosewood to punish us." Arya, and Hannah says, "Yeah, she's good at that." And Emily says, "And she will use this against us until it looks like we planned this, and Ezra just carried out our wishes." And Emily has these, like, crazy, like, wide-eyed int- intimidation face going on right now. Hannah and Spencer are just crossing their arms. They're disgusted with Ezra. And Ezra says, it's time to go. Now! Get out! Oh, my God. This is, like, the greatest Ezra moment the show's given us. Yeah. Just full drunken villainy. Well, so Arya flinches and gasps at the now. Mm-hmm. And then the others kind of flinch at the get out. Arya <laughs> has, like, a tear in her eye. Hannah still stands up to the monster, and she's like, okay... We're going to leave, but you two better figure out this before the police do. Well, Hannah they're, they're like, legitimately frightened here. Like, Hannah's, like, trying to, like, keep her cool, but, like, they're pretty fucking freaked out. I'm surprised they even left Arya here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, but I think that there's a, there's a slight indictment of Arya here, though. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, a little YouTube figure like, this out. Ari, you're throwing your lot in with this. I mean, he's wearing sweatpants, Ari. It looks like he's peed mm. himself. You're throwing your lot in with this guy. Um, so Hannah marches out. Emily gives Ari and Ezra a look. He, Ezra's he looks, just like, ah, it's not pee, okay? It's beer. <laughs> it's a lot of beer. Not, some of that's whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer then gives them each a look, too, before she's... And I think that's... There's some interesting looks from Spencer to Arya during this scene. Spencer um, looks like a, maybe a little betrayed, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you fucker. Yeah. I thought you were from a rich family like me, and we had a connection. I guess not. But she's looking at Arya, too. Like, Arya's mm-hmm. the one who let her down, not just Ezra. Team Sparia. Um, So Ezra's, like, you know, so once they leave, you know. Well, Ezra- you know, like, he shuts the door on them. You know they just, like, leaned in to listen. Yeah, yeah. Spencer, he looks back at her like a class. fucking psycho. You need to leave too. Yeah. And she's like, Ezra? And he's like, how long have you known me? Who do you think I am? Hmm? <laughs> the full and Walter White. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, I kept thinking, like, are we going to get Ezra's? Like, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> a girl gets pushed off a bell tower. You think that of me? No, I am the one who pushes. Wait, no, shit. <laughs> I'm the one who gets pushed. <laughs> yeah. And Ari's like, I don't know. You're not the same person I said goodbye to in front of the brew that summer, which I love it. There's like a, it's like a picture of a beautiful, like, like story from their, their ship. And it's like, it's on fire. Like the Polaroid is burning. He's gotten all like close and physically intimidating. She seems almost heartbroken. Like she was so sure he was still a good person. And this only seems to enrage him further. It's like, he just wants to like throw that goodwill right in her face. Ezra, you're breaking my heart. Yeah, seriously. And he's like, you're right. And I am not going to pretend that I'm sorry that the person who made your life a living hell, who tormented you five years later, I am not going to say that I'm sorry that I'm dead because I am not. And he, she gives him like this like emotional sneer and marches out. And Ezra just stares past us, reflecting on what happened. Um, seriously, this is like one of the most charged scenes of the season. Well, I, wh- huh. Why is it that we find Ezra to be his most compelling when he's being his most transparently monstrous? Like, does that reflect poorly on us that we eat this up i don't know well it's i think part of it is because that's him being genuine well it's like is do we want does this is this speaking to a desire for us to see his attitude reflect his behavior i guess a a little bit i think but like you know everyone likes a good romance everyone likes a little like sneaking around the problem is when you have like Ezra supervising detention and Arya sneaks in and mm-hmm. she has her back to the kids and she unzips her thing and there's the the tie. I mean, if you're in high school, maybe you find that romantic. If you're an adult, you have to look at it like that is a little bit gross. Um, it's so fake though, in a way. This is this is Ezra being genuine. This is who he is. There's no lovey dovey like rose colored glasses about <laughs> this character here. Um, well, it's I don't know. It's it is compelling to see somebody just bottom out, you know, that's just good drama. Well, like, it's like, we don't know. We no longer have to like deal with the, the relationship with kid gloves. He's like free to be horrible. You know, Well, it's, you know, one of the reasons I really love like Jack from lost and like what they did to the idea of like Mm -hmm. your male lead on a show. Um, but I love that this scene features the four main liars together for most of it, you know, yeah. Um, well, and Ezria, which was a big focus at the beginning of the show. Some question here. I've most of the people I've seen were like, oh, you know, online there's like, oh, Ezra is like the asshole in this scene. I have seen a few blaming the liars for jumping to conclusions. What do you think we're supposed to get out of this scene watching it? Like, are we just reading in what we want to see here? Because, like, it, is there any way we're supposed to like take Ezra's side in something like this? Um, 
No, because he's being an asshole about it. Yeah, you could definitely. I mean, the liars are not. They are jumping to conclusions, and that's what the liars do. Like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be the liars. It wouldn't be the show if they were doing the right thing yeah. all the time. Well, I feel like this is the furthest probably that the show's ever gone to really portray Ezra as a bad person. Not yeah. just like, ooh, he may be A, but like, no, he's just a piece of shit. Like, right. like directly and not just like by inference of like, he's an adult. He's dating a high school student. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the show, it's going there in a way that you, you had to read into before. It's like, it's directly on the screen. Well, and it, like, like you pointed out every social interaction he's been granted this episode, he has gone out of his way to be like a vile dildo about. <laughs> and like, so it's like, he could have just come clean with them. Like guys whatever else i am like a guy who maybe ate that entire box of pizza if one gets hitting like i didn't murder this girl he could have very well said that even though they are accusing him of murder and besmirching his good name like i mean from his perspective you know he's so obsessed with the idea of women being murdered right now that they're now accusing him of being that thing (laughs) the research for my book yeah i suppose that maybe that's something as well that he's he's like hyper offended because he thinks he's like the great hero like chasing down this you know mystery and it's okay to 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 interpret where you think ezra's coming from and to still be like yeah he's still a prick (laughs) he's still a real fucking prick but he's and somehow so much more fun when he's an asshole yeah and i remember i think during our first round table with heather hogan she talked about ian harding's never been more attractive than when he was dark (laughs) ezra and i guess like i said if i were him i would like never make me good again Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't ever want to be like sitting in my old apartment playing Chinese checkers of, of Aria or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, just smearing food in each other's faces. Yeah. yeah. I don't ever want to do that again. But after this, I desperately want to see Lucy Hale and Eden Harding like reenact scenes from Patrick Marber's Closer, mm-hmm. but with Lucy Hale playing Clive Owen and Ezra playing Julia Roberts. Like you, but sweeter. Yeah. Well, I just want. I just want Lucy Hale to be like because I'm a fucking gay man. <laughs> All right, so back to the Hastings house barn. Caleb is chilling on the couch till he hears the door. Then he quickly reaches over to grab a book from the coffee table to pretend like he's been reading the whole this time. This is a great. This is a great little moment. It's mm-hmm. so. It's so weird and true. So she comes in and she's like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey." She kind of says, "Well, she something. says that in like bedroom voice." She's like, "Hey." And, nice bedroom voice. Yeah. And sorry. she's just like, "Were you waiting up for me?" And he's like, "No, I was just uh, reading." And he checks the book and he's like. Gardner's desk reference. So he sits it down. <laughs> well, this this dynamic here, I think that the reason people are responding to to it so much because it's so much fun is that we've never really seen Spencer like yearn for anyone, right? Like to be smitten and infatuated without knowing where she stood. I mean, she pretty much like like before she even knew she was into Caleb, they were making out pretty much. You know, uh, she she never has to try very hard, and so it's this is a rare moment to kind of be in her shoes, like wanting something. Rather but rather than just getting it, yeah. He is on her level. He's well, that too, not, yeah. He's not like... A lot of the guys that, that you see Spencer get involved with have all not not just been in somebody else's cart, as, as Melissa coined it, but they've been older men who who want to go not go down to her level. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, well, Arya, you could say Arya and Ezra is about Arya seeing herself as more sophisticated. She is on that higher level. These like like sober coach Dean, you know, wanted to throw his whole <laughs> sobriety away. Oh god, that to, asshole! To, to succumb to what he considered to be Spencer's level, yeah. and these two are on each other's level. So whenever 
can do something like this, Spencer can just smile and appreciate it. You know. Well, and also, I mean, other than Allie and Emerson, which we only really saw in flashbacks, we've never really seen any of the liars like want something and not know that they can get it. Yeah, know? and I mean, and and the thing about Toby is, you know, Heather pointed out a great thing uh, a while back that the thing about Paige was that she was like written as a different character every half season to an extent. So is Toby. And as I said before, sometimes Toby's character is entirely in his absence. And sometimes it's I like, feel like he's been pretty consistently a douche since like season four. Well, you know, well, there, three was and a half, no, really. there was the Toby that had to like be in the same room as Egg. There's that Toby. There's the Toby who's got like the weird Prince Caspian hair and is always crying. And like those like, are all the same. Toby. Children had to like cross the street to get away from it. Toby had to go <laughs> crying in an alleyway. And then there's the Toby who Spencer's like. Oh, you're reading F. Scott Fitzgerald. And he's like, I am rereading F. Scott Fitzgerald. Thank you very much. Who is going to cook this like frozen dinner for me? Spencer's like, that book's upside down. <laughs> but That's yeah. a coloring book. Yeah, so yeah, like, Kayla too, fumbling with the book, trying to act normal, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so he's like, he kind of plays it off and he rolls into uh, where have you been? Are you okay? Should, should we should we do this here? We should do this. Okay. We're yeah, doing. I'm just I met up with Hannah and Emily. Um, when you first heard that Charlotte was killed, where did your mind go? You mean as, like, who did it? She nods. I mean, Sarah Harvey's pretty high on that list. She was pretty bad at web design. Why? Oh my god, remember that? The <laughs> web design? Yes. Uh, Spencer says, I don't think that she did it, but I do think that she remembers more than she's letting on. So she sits on the other couch. This is huge because Spence, for the first time, Spencer's like, no, I actually don't think they're a murderer. They're <laughs> actually not one of my suspects. I know. I know. Um, so he's not privy to the same shit as her. And so he's like, I'm not following. Hannah really didn't tell you? Tell me what? About what happened the night of the prom when we went to Radley and we met Allie on the roof to try to stop. Everyone knows that. E even the cops. Yeah, but something happened before that that nobody knows about. Flashback to game over, Charles. Oh, shit. Well, it's a clever move by Spencer here. She's establishing the same level of trust with Kayla that he and Hannah had. And it's like somehow superseding because, I mean, mm -hmm. the precedent was back, what was it, back in 512? Hannah, I can't believe you told Caleb. And she's like, How, could you lie to that face or whatever? <laughs> It's like the, Hannah apparently did like put her friends and their secrets over Caleb one time. And now Spencer's going to make that like an intimate bond between them. Um, oh, yeah. So we're in the rally sanitarium in 610. Uh, we see Allison run down the, the hallway in her gold prom outfit. And Allison's like, she's headed to the roof. Please help me. And so Sarah, as red coat, tries to run from the others. Emily like grabs her like the Hulk. It's like, hey. And Sarah's like, I tried to keep you safe. And Emily decks her. <laughs> Knocks we, her the fuck out. We hear like electricity crackling. Then we get this kind of blurry shot of someone who well, looks like Sarah. Well, this is what happens. Uh, the liars run past Sarah on the ground. Sarah gets up, and there's kind of like this metal, like, I don't know, it's like transformer box or something like that. Right. Like, a, you know, near like a power line. The power line's been like broken, and it's like grounding right into the metal cover. And Sarah Harvey gets up and puts both of her hands right on the top of this metal box here mm -hmm. and gets shocked and electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. She's like vibrating. She's like being attacked by the smoke monster, too. I don't think this is part of the bomb necessarily, unless like she pulled out some wires to power the bomb. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit because Emily's horrified as like showers like cooking here. And yeah. Emily's like, oh my God. And Allison's like, stop, don't touch her. 
Spencer's like, oh, my God. And they all just watch her get fried. And she collapses to the ground electrocuted. It's glorious. <laughs> I always wanted to get electrocuted myself just to see what it felt like. Anyway, so uh, this is what I think happened. I think that Spencer yanked the power cable out of the wall to, like, depower the bomb. Mm. Which is why when we cut to her later, she was still in the act of disarming it. She was just, like, finishing the job or something. Mm. Because it didn't work when the when uh, Charlotte tried to use the, the little detonator, and then we cut to Spencer kind of like finishing up. Yeah. So I think she must have she probably yanked that power cable out to like stop it, and it just was grounding on that metal like switch box or whatever. And uh, Sarah touched it, you know, basically like she got up from the punch and like fried herself. And and you know this is a great like holding on to this to reveal it makes perfect sense. I, it doesn't necessarily negate when we say you should have made that episode two hours. <laughs> like you didn't need to like reveal this. I could have watched fifteen more minutes of Shower Harvey getting fried. Yeah, <laughs> I was okay with that. Keeps vibrating in pain, mm-hmm. and like Arya's like, guys, this is me saying this. This is macabre. Well, this, I, is, I, this is horrific. <laughs> I guess the guilt comes from like they could have tried to I don't know like go like run into her to like push her away. Right. And like hope they didn't get electrocuted too or not too badly or something like that, you know, because you're not supposed to touch somebody who's electrocuted. Well, I doubt any of them are wearing like, get like, a wooden big, stick or something. I doubt any of them are wearing like big rubber boots or anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so back in Spencer's barn, this, the story's over. Spencer looks pretty haunted by this. And Caleb's like, you were given an impossible choice. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I always try to tell myself. But what if that's not true? What if all those years of being stalked and tortured, what if that hardened me? Like maybe it happened so slowly that I didn't even know that it was happening. So I mean, he, uh, I, like probably a little bit. That's okay though, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, you have to toughen up. Yeah. But yeah, he moves in a little closer here. I like the framing. This very different scenes, but this reminded me a little of the scene in The Force Awakens when Finn and Ray are kind of like breaking apart at Maz's bar because mm-hmm. she's like, way she's like towering above him because she's sitting on the arm of the chair like looking down at him like she has all the power in the scene and he's like gazing up at her let me uh, kick it even back farther uh i think it's like the third to last episode of buffy i think it's called touched when buffy's been kicked out by the potentials and like she goes to the abandoned house and like spike has to give her like the pep talk of all pep talks mm, you know yeah. like, this is this is caleb fully like uh, assuming his spike thing like you're a hell of a woman buffy um now he moves closer like he's he's below her looking up to her you know like look like i don't know she's starting to cry she needs some comforting um and he's like hey listen to me you are a good person yes you are and you you wear your heart on your sleeve it just happens to be on the sleeve of a flak jacket (laughs) so she laughs kind of through the tears he's smiling at her and she's not in feeling a little better but also maybe a little worse because she's definitely even more in love with him now well, so let me tell you how I thought this episode was going to go down. Mm. I watched this last night and I thought, oh, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna put a they're gonna stretch it right it out. there. They're gonna stretch it there. Spencer's just gonna be yearning. It's gonna somehow be like an unrequited Spencer love story. Um, I wouldn't necessarily have not minded that. I don't know that that it could have its own an, charms. It would have been an interesting dynamic for Spencer to have mm-hmm. to deal with somebody she can't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so after the commercial we're in front of emily's house uh we kind of come around the tree to see pam on the porch of a glass of wine it's kind of the same framing as like 6 11 uh, only thank god it's not toby drinking a beer we hear is emily's car door closed car beeps emily's like walking up the the walkway toby's to- inside showering right now 
I just needed a long, good long hard shower. Poby? Does that work? Pam and Toby? Oh, oh that's right. Your yeah. thing was a Pam and Toby are dating. <laughs> She's like, he's Fuck old enough new now. Man. Yeah. New man. Oh. <laughs> I just go back to 611. Emily and Toby are drinking. And she's like, I'm sorry we had so many beers. I don't know how you're going to get home. And he's like, no, I'm sleeping here. <laughs> you can call me father if you want to. Put your tiny hand in mine. Um, so Pam says hi. <laughs> Emily says, "Hey, sorry I didn't call you." George Michael lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> okay, Pam says, "Come sit." She's kind of patting the spot next to her. So Emily joins her. Pam says, "I want you to promise me something." And Emily's like, "Mom, it's been a really long day. I just." And Pam says, "I never want you to go through something alone. We can go through it together. Promise." And Emily's like, "Yeah, I don't really believe you, Emily." Um, this was kind of a nice gesture, though. Like, I thought she was going to be like, promise not to lie to me again, which like, whatever. Like, she said, promise not to go through stuff alone. That's more reasonable, I think, you know. Well, this would have been a great moment for Emily to be like, hey, here's this thing I'm doing. Mm. She's still not being fully honest. And part of it is maybe shame at what she's done or what she is doing or how her mom will react to it. Maybe part of it is like she does want to fix this herself. It It, it is about a, a, a sense of personal pride she can't tell her mm -hmm. mom because she needs to see it through first well, she just wants to like make it all better and then and then present like, it to her mom yeah. yeah um so she looks away and i like this as pam just starts pours another glass of wine for her daughter mm -hmm. um we cut to lucas's loft he's holding the door open as hannah walks in in that outfit i mean this must be like lucas's dreams come fucking true he's um, like oh he came over in a bathrobe she's like what what do you mean so lucas is like did you get my messages and she's like yeah I had no right to ask you to do that. See, he comes around, shut the door, and wants to get serious with her. And he's like, you don't have to answer me. But did you have something to do with Allison's sister falling off that bell tower? And she seems almost relieved with the bluntness of the question. Oh, she's definitely like, relieved, yeah. She's like, no, you're braver than my mom. She's been wanting to ask me the same thing, but I think she's scared of the answer. She can barely look at me. Waking up in my old room gets harder and harder every day. So Lucas goes and grabs him. We hear keys jingling. He's offering her a set of keys. And she's like, what's this for? And he's like, I've got to go off to San Jose tomorrow. You're welcome to stay here as long as you want. Oh, don't and, trust him, Hannah. Well, she's she's probably got this entire place wired with hidden cameras. That is exactly what is in my notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this whole loft is covered with like, like webcams. Um, so she seems relieved. She takes the keys and he's just like, have you eaten? And she smiles. And it's an interesting dynamic because I remember, you know, during during season four, it's like Hannah doesn't really want to ask her mom if she killed Wilton because she's pretty <laughs> sure her mom killed Wilton. Yeah. Same same thing in reverse, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas, like, I, I like the theory that I've seen people elsewhere talk about where, like, he's actually using her for an alibi and she doesn't realize it. Yeah, I can see that. You well, know? as I mean, remember... Start of season three when Arya and I don't know who else were out in, in town after Alfred oh yeah Owen and they saw him Being dark shady. cocaine yeah. Lucas yeah um so Arya's living room well he's like suspiciously like getting out of town now too yeah we see that coat in the chair she's digging through her purse because uh, her cell phone's ringing she finally she gets it she answers it she's like sniffing a little bit well her face is wet with tears now but she she manages to answer very casually yeah she's like hello and it's oh, Liam it's the middle of the fucking night this bro's still in his office which is super shady and he's like are you okay did I wake you <laughs> you're <laughs> full doing Moriarty now aren't you <laughs> it's it's trying to do more Muppet but I guess I'm falling into you're, you're just doing full Moriarty yeah but you're ordinary um Arya's <laughs> like no no 
what's up? And he seems so pleased with himself. And he's like, uh, you know those chapters that you sent? <laughs> Jillian ate them up. She devoured them like the carnivore. She denies that she is. And Arya's like, wait, she read them already? And she liked them? You're officially the book whisperer. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. It's the single. Now you're just getting into Kermit now. <laughs> This is just, that was my, my initial goal. This is the single worst piece of advice you can give to the shush. Well, those are instructions Arya can follow. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. But what usually, if, don't tell Arya to keep doing what she's doing. It's usually madness. Mm-hmm. What if this is all some weird game that Liam and Jillian are playing where like, they only hired her because they like want to like write a book about her and her like, weird fucked up life or something? I, I don't think it's that involved i could see much more that liam is this is a game that he's playing in some way um and i don't mm. mean like an a game or whatever I just it's just this weird like quasi jealousy like you know trust games or something like that it's like, but it's it's so fascinating the dynamic that that aria is going to write a book under the pen name the <laughs> nom de guerre of ezra Fitz. oh yeah we'll, we'll get there in a little bit but meanwhile we got to go back to the hastings barn Spencer and Caleb, they're throwing back some craft brewskis. They got a fire going. I mean, seriously, there's just crackling sexual organ pulsating through the scene. Oh, yeah. Spencer says, thank you for not judging me. I just wish you hadn't judged yourself. And she smiles, does a little eyebrow raise like it's time to test the water now. He puts his beer down. So she takes a long swig and she does the same. This is this is the courage swig. Mm -hmm. Well, then we get this. This nice shot here where, like, each of them kind of tentatively glancing over at each other while the other isn't looking. And then when they are looking, you know, mm-hmm. and you're first you think, like, oh, are they going to kiss right now? But no, she looks away and she says, there's um, there's something else that I've been judging myself for, which is such a porny line. I love that. Like, well, I've been a very bad girl. Caleb. So, yeah, then I was remembering your theory that, like, you know, maybe Caleb will end up shooting her down or she'll never have the courage to say this. And then, no, here this episode, Tyler Blackburn makes crazy bedroom eyes on her. The guitar, <laughs> Caleb's like, I'm not blind. The guitar starts to warble up on the soundtrack. He reaches over, takes Spencer's hand. And I love that this is so true in that every moment is, like, tested. They <laughs> do that. They wait. Oh, they this is that. some like super hot hand foreplay happening yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, they do some fing- they do the hand holding and then he purposely does like the finger interlace. And like, it's, like, yeah. He, he kind of like touches her thigh maybe for a moment. Tighter close ups on the face and the camera work. The flames are just dancing off their skin like passion. And then he caresses her cheek, pushing some hair back. And then the music that will eventually be in the montage like really starts. It's Lara Lynn, uh, the young woman that was the, one of the best parts of True Detective season two. Oh my God, I was going to make that joke. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I was like, I think they found this uh, singer-songwriter from True Detective Season 2. It is her. That's, it, that's her. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's her covering Johnny Cash's <laughs> Bring a Fire. Because, of course, Spalip needs a spold, smoldering Johnny Cash cover. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so then, uh, you know, they're clasping, releasing. Oh, then they're kissing. Somewhere well, Toby felt like somebody just walked over his grave. And then there, he's like Somewhere leaning her back. Like someone just walked over his like balls. Yeah. Um, leaning her back on the couch. They're grinding. Yeah. Oh, the, t- they got them long Spencer legs wrapping around him. Well, and as we've said before, because they do this great overhead shot, like looking down um, on them as the couch from the fire. As I said before, 90% of Troy in his legs. And so <laughs> in her black dress, 
all you see is her head and those legs wrapped around him. <laughs> and this is the moment that so many Halo fans had their hearts submerged in oil and risen anew like a burning <laughs> phoenix. Oh, yeah. Lit on fire. Is Hannah really, really okay with this? or was she, Like, did Hannah maybe think, like, Caleb wouldn't be into it? That's what I'm wondering. Um, like, what what's Hannah going to think next week when it's like, oh, that already happened, huh? <laughs> so meanwhile you just, you just need to see i i suspect it'll be something where they'll be out and hannah will just be able to tell from the mm -hmm. body language oh she's gonna know like the next time she sees either of them like immediately yeah yeah uh, yeah so yeah meanwhile on emily's porch she dumps out the wine pam poured in a bush for her or pram poured for her in a bush i guess because she can't drink i'm, I'm wondering or yeah. if she's just purposely not trying to go down that avenue i i think it's because she can't drink for her her treatments and whatnot for the eggs uh, that's what i'm guessing well they um, have officially started now so the night yeah. that charlotte died emily, emily could drink that night mm -hmm. so she's she's pouring out that wine and somewhere ashley marin just felt like somebody walked over her grave <laughs> it's like a punch in the stomach yeah. you don't waste good wine and then she gets a text and she looks up kind of a little a little worried uh then we cut to lucas he's cooking for hannah or something like that she's very pleased uh to see uh and uh basically like it's like she has this look on her face it's like oh i still own you you know yeah well someone's like, someone's taking care of her and it feels i feel like it's say what you will about lucas and i've certainly talked a lot of shit about him this episode he's doing have. something genuine here he is cooking her food even if he's just making her sandwiches i can't actually tell what he's doing in the kitchen there but it's not like he's like hey this is from dean deluca or whatever the hell he's you know uh, jordan mm -hmm. was saying um oh you gotta do your accent for that that's a big hit remember. I don't even remember what it was. The more incomprehensible, the better. Yeah. So uh, she like kind of looks back at Lucas's laptop, and uh, it's no, this like, is her uh, laptop. Is it her laptop? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why would Lucas have pictures of? Uh, well, that's Halo what I was wondering. There. Is this Lucas's laptop? That's like a rotating screensaver thing of pictures of people who he wasn't really friends <laughs> with. Yeah. Emily's like, have I ever spoken with you, Lucas? Well, like, I can only think of is that maybe he took the photos and that's why they had them. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's like a screensaver, like picture roll thing. One of them's Emily. One is Caleb and Hannah, like, like Hannah's riding on his back. It's, it's like this like day. season three classic Caleb here. Yeah. 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 Han uh, Caleb's got the, the short length hair. The cord of pain is like struck of Hannah. Then she gets a text. Uh, she doesn't look so over it to me. Yeah, she gets a text, presumably the same text that Emily got. She checks it. She's kind of like, "What Hannah face?" Hannah face. Yeah. She pan. The camera pans to the right and nicely dissolves back into Spencer's barn, traveling up the length of the couch over those long Spencer legs as she kicks off her shoes. Kicking off a shoe. Oh, it's it's funny because this is somehow like sexier than if this was just like full nudity or something. You know? Oh, it's without like, a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, especially babe. I mean, this is things. like flames emoji right here. Yeah, they're um, getting down. They're grinding with their clothes on. He is doing a lot of like uh, like hip work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, arms and legs are wrapped around him. We see from the coffee table that Spencer's phone is like at the edge. It's vibrating at that same text, but um, she's occupied. They're both a little occupied right now. Then yeah. we, we cut to a blank computer screen and we see this fateful words being typed. Chapter three. Ari is in her bed. So pleased with herself. She types away. Change into a, a tank top that says "spiritual gangster" on it. Gangsta, yeah. Oh what man, <laughs> sleeveless tee. She's a spiritual gangsta. This uh, is this is even better than the uh, like stop men dress. <laughs> well, like she's she's apparently decided to write the rest of Ezra's book for him, which is insane and totally Arya. Yeah. Well, and and she's she seems very pleased with herself right now. She's like tapping away. 
inspired to do this after that encounter mm-hmm. she just had of him well what is i mean what it's like this is kind of for ezra but it's also for her like it's also twisted well she's going to it's it's like her lie to hannah last last mm-hmm. week she's going to make reality better <laughs> and so I, then, I just imagine like uh Pictunia's like yes continue my <laughs> child so she gets a text and we finally see it on the screen you know who did it and i'm going to make you talk and then she sits up freaked out and then like a devil emoji appears like a special like custom emoji for the red skull with devil horns and i Mm -hmm. and i appreciate everyone who's tried to like tweet this thing but Mm -hmm. it's like the iphone emoji is not remotely the same thing well there is no emoji. this is like this is custom yeah yeah which i i don't know I'm, i'm torn on this as to whether or not it's a great idea or they're missing out on an opportunity of like making claim to like a, an existing emoji because nobody can really use this. They they can use like the lame it's like Japanese I, ogre thing or whatever. I, I think I mean I think this is probably for the best. What I'm curious about is the next time, like presumably next week, mm-hmm. how do the liars verbally address? Yeah, this? what what do they what do they call them? Do they call them A? Do they call them like devil, like red devil? I, um, I, I, you can tell where, where our loyalties lie because my reaction, contrary to a lot of people I saw on Twitter, was this is them telling Ryan Murphy and Scream Kings Queens, get the fuck off our corner. Mm-hmm. This um, is this is Marlo walking over and saying, you know, I've been trying to be polite. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, A has upgraded to like ontological terroglyphics. <laughs> this is to me that's that's what I think is so interesting, and it may ultimately be a bad idea, but I think it's an experiment that you absolutely have to do, especially since this. This is a, a paranoid, like techno thriller, Hitchcock romance murder show. Well, I, th- I think they need to establish like what do we call this person verbally? Are we just going to go with A? Do we have like another and another handle or something? Don't don't go with like the joke of B or whatever. B is dumb, but like I like calling him like Red Devil emoji constantly. I don't, that doesn't really work either. So we need a we need a handle for this guy. Uh, so, so then as if this was the A tag, you know, the classic A tag, uh, I can just going to call it the A tag. Yeah. yeah. We we're in a storage bunker somewhere. We see like an old doll. We, we pan over to a vinyl record player playing. We can definitely hear that kind of scratchy sound pan over to like another plastic bin where we see stored away as one of those old Allison masks peeking out. Like, well, this is, I think this is like, uh, all the A up. shit, like from evidence, maybe this has got to be an evidence thing because like, cause it's all like wrapped in plastic and shit. Um, there's a box that has like a plastic tie on it mm-hmm. that, that this new A like cuts with wire cutters. Well, so interesting. You never see their hands. Like you don't see black gloves that they're that they're occupying. Yeah, I mean I'm sure you will eventually. Um but so this new A, they cut open the plastic tie to like open up this storage box. Which I mean first of all, like if there's a police evidence connection here, that's like a whole new, you know, suspect list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, inside the box is the black hoodie and the gloves, the classic A uniform. Mm-hmm. And this new one takes this out and throws it in a metal trash can, the hoodie and the gloves. And then we pan over to their computer where they have Exter up, the old uh, Rosewood search site here. And they do a search for uniforms. So I guess this is telling us this new A is not going to be rocking the black hoodie, mm-hmm. probably not going to be rocking the red coat. They're going to like go with something new. Which is a little daring, because both the Black Hoodie and the Red Coat are great looks. But, you know, this is a show that had Black Hoodie, it had Red Coat, it had Black Widow. So it's like, they like three for three on, like, great, mm-hmm. like, terrifying, iconic outfits. 
I have no doubt they'll come up with something fascinating. But I love that we're kind of starting from the ground up on the like the pageantry of the mm-hmm. boogeyman here. Um, but man, I love the show. Yeah, A A or someone very much like A is back. Also, uh, suspects. Well, interesting though. Presumably, A A is flat out saying, "I did not kill Charlotte." That well, yeah. Obviously, right away, you get you don't get the impression that the murderer and A are the same person. A thinks that the liars know and is going to force them to do shit to find out. I mean, right. I, obviously, Allie comes to mind immediately. Like, right. the idea that Allie might have Charlotte's old shit in storage somewhere and, you like, cracked open, like, the A-box to, like, go do her own thing. You don't necessarily get the same vibe in the editing of, like, Miss Me Times 100 in that that this is necessarily, like, not one of the people who's in the scene at the end. You know what I mean? It doesn't cancel out Lucas, per se. Yeah, it, this could be, I mean, probably not, it, it's not Caleb Spencer, it's it's not Caleb or the main liars, basically, is all you can rule out. Right, right. And maybe Pam, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i going to go on a, on a limb and say it's probably not Pam. Oh, and Lucas, I guess, yeah. I don't think Lucas has what it takes. No, he doesn't. I mean, he he's like a minion. I mean, the same way that I don't think... Lucas just, is more likely to be the murderer, I think, than A. Yo, I just don't think it's not even so much as I don't think the show would go there for Melissa. I don't think Melissa would resort to putting on a uniform unless she was like, you know, under supreme duress, like the Halloween trailer. Uh, unless somebody made her, basically. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that she would bother the shit. She's so much more about like, I'm going to dip my spoon in the yogurt of your soul in your face. Or she's so freaked out that she's just like going back to England. Yeah, going back. to That the, was cool. Uh, <laughs> go do another five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right she's gonna lay lay in bed of ren and just be like did you ever imagine like say maybe five years ago we weren't living together and you were actually like some kind of cyber ninja bully <laughs> who, who terrorized the girl you had never met before just because that's what some people wanted huh um yeah man this this is great oh super user super listener raquel put up a theory that was interesting i thought that uh charlotte showing up at the church was because maybe charlotte was on her way to get married in the middle of the night? Yeah. Oh, what what better than... For, the, like, an alibi? I mean, I figure somebody, like, texted her and told her to meet her there. I mean, that's kind of what I'm going with. Hmm. Like, meeting somebody there, most likely, who may or may not be the one who killed her. Could be... You know, I mean, I think, like, 12 people are going to visit her at that church. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be that the new that night. Um, mm-hmm. People are going to be hitting, like, trees, and blind girls are going to be abused for alibis. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the gloves are on. The next week's episode is called New Guys, New Lies. Uh, it's written by Kyle Bone and Caitlin Brown. I believe this is Caitlin Brown's first produced script. Cool. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. God. This, <laughs> you know, if you were like shaky on the first two episodes of 6B, I mean, I think, I think like episode three here, like, lets you know you're in good hands. Well, I think the show got their sea legs. I mean, they did a, a huge transition basically like on the fly. I think everybody's kind of figured out now, like how to play these older characters and they're having fun again rather than just like setting up, you know, lane track. Right, right. Well, I mean, like much like the start of season five, this is, you know, you had episode one and I think this is your episode that five, episode mm-hmm. 100. You know what I mean? Like this is the big return. You're cheering for it. You're glad A is back. And we're just getting started. It's just revving up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you like the podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes. We got a couple of reviews. Thanks to Maria901 and Kyle Pena. Also in Canada, thank you to Katie Lynn 906 
And in Ireland, Miley's Irish Smiler. So thank you to all for those reviews. We always appreciate them. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at broswatchpll2. And our website page is broswatchpll2.com. Mm-hmm. also want to say thank you to everybody who leaves us comments on our website page. Try to respond to them when I can. Sometimes I'll like be working when I see them come in, so it's hard to uh, get to them in the moment. But thank you for that. We definitely read them all. Yeah, and same thing for, for emails and, and tweets. Some of the tweets, uh, we don't necessarily respond to some of them because some are very similar, and so we try to address Well, some them. of it's like, I know I'm going to talk about this on the show, so I kind of like want to leave it for the show. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just thanks for everyone who's, who listens, first of all. But especially if you've taken the time to reach out to us in any way at all. That's, that's amazing of you. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll be back next time to talk about new guys, new lies. Can't wait. Bye-bye.